Welcome to the Rotten Round Table. <laughs> What's up and welcome to the HorrorCast, episode 92. And this is a Rotten Roundtable episode, an episode where we just chat about horror news, things that are going to be coming up in the next month. We talk about what we've been watching and uh, we just chew the horror fat. I love it. One of my favorite kinds of episodes. I am your host tonight, Mark Nato, and we're going to bring in the Taminator. What's up, Taminator? Hello, I brought my own sound effects. Hopefully you guys can hear them in the background. And I also brought back a very special guest. The Landinator is here. The Landinator. Give us the lowdown on on, <laughs> on the kids' point of view. Absolutely. That's right. All right, let's bring in Revenant Vin. What's up, Vin? Hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh... Not much. I asked you first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the record, these little small talk portions in the very beginning of the show, definitely my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's your strong suit. Yeah, yeah I hate it. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody else is uh, is going to bring to the table today. Hey, at least I didn't call you the smartest one in the room this time. You haven't done that in a couple episodes. I yeah. think that maybe, maybe I haven't been performing as well. <laughs> Well, you know, you're not right on top of it when I ask you which episode number it is and you don't, you don't come right with it. And I'm like, maybe he's not so smart, but you are, you're, you're, you're good enough. You're smart enough. Doggone it. People like you. you. So, all right. Well, we have two uh, special guests tonight. I believe this is their third or fourth round table. I think you guys have the distinguishing uh, fact that the most appearances on a Rotten Roundtable. I believe so. Besides four like horror case members. So I, I check, feel honored. Yes, your checks are in the mail. I say you have to put them on the Yeah, American payroll. money. Woo! Yes, American money. <laughs> Uh, so if you haven't figured it out uh, from the Friday Nightmares podcast, it's Scott Crawford and Heather Powell. What's up? Oh, not much. Yeah, thank you for having us back on. Love doing this stuff with you guys, and yeah, got a lot of movies to talk about tonight. I love being on to tell Mark Nato that he's wrong about his choices. So I'm okay. happy to be here tonight. Actually, I, I love the show. I love listening to it. And um, then it's because of you that I started watching more international films. Because when we did our 2019 Best Of, you came up with some mm-hmm. films I'd never heard of. And I was like, I need to be like this guy. So I've started watching more international films than I ever have before, and many of them in my top ten so far. So thank you. So awesome. you are very Glad smart. It's working out. No matter what Mark says. Films international. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there. That that's where I find a lot of movies. Um, is just international films that, and then people yell and say, "Well, that's not a real 2020 release," and I'm like, "I don't, I don't care. I saw it." So, <laughs> but uh, honestly. Other countries have been putting out 
uh, better stuff than us. For, oh for most, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so we will talk about some of those tonight, I'm sure. But thanks for being on here, guys. It's uh, it's a pleasure to always have you. I, I, I was. You know, we always follow each other on Facebook, and I was like, "Man, they're watching a lot of movies." Uh, so they have got to be on here. They've got to be. All I'm right, happy to be back. Very nice. Is um, Mr. Tibbs or what's your no. cat's name? Oh, Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> uh, nope. He's upstairs somewhere, but I have Luna and Dexter chilling with me right now. Luna and Dexter. Dexter is he named after? Yep, the serial killer. Okay. Well, you know, there you go. It's a good. That's a good one. That's a good show. It is until they made him a lumberjack at the end. But anyway, (laughs) we're not going to go spoiler alert. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go right ahead and get into the news feed. Okay. The news feed, there's not a ton of stuff. Uh, There are a few little things I want to touch on. Scott, you brought it up. First of all, the Candyman movie uh, produced by Jordan Peele. Uh, who, who's the director on that? Uh, Nia DaCosta, I think, is the name. Okay. Th- and you said September 24th? Uh, September 25th is when it's going to be hitting 25th. theaters. Okay. Hitting the theaters. Uh, we're all crossing our fingers. That, yeah, right you know, here in America, COVID, anyways. <laughs> yes, is gone and theaters are open. I know it hit. It uh, came out a couple weeks ago with like an all animated trailer. Oh. Did you see that? Yes, that trailer was so freaking cool. It was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I could have watched a whole movie like that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they came out with another one, right? That yep, had this was the, like a short teaser of uh, yes. what's like the actual movie. And, and tell everyone what was so special about that. Uh, the reason that, that we brought this one up is because uh, Tony Todd makes an appearance in it. Uh, you get to hear his voice, and I believe he is once again portraying Candyman in one way or another. It's it's hard to see anybody else's Candyman, I guess. Uh, he's just got that voice is so, you know, Candyman. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like so haunting and kind of yeah. seductive in a way. Yeah. So be my victim, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to seeing Candyman. Absolutely. Anybody else a big Candyman fan? Or I mean, I think it's one of the more underrated uh, horror franchises. It doesn't get enough love. What about you, Vin? Yeah, I mean, my wife and I watched it um, again uh, within the past six months or so. You know, neither of us had seen it in a long time, but it, it holds up really well. I definitely, you know, it. <laughs> well, when I first saw it, it was probably uh, yeah, it came out what for ninety two or something. Is that when it came out? Um, yeah, I, I was like eleven, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> eleven or twelve when I first saw it. Um, watching it again as an adult is a completely different experience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we were, you know, we were pleasantly surprised by how well it held up. Are you a big fan, uh, Heather? Oh yeah. I enjoyed the original and anything that Jordan Peele is any remotely involved with, I consider gold, like the polar opposite of Tammy's opinion. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Tammy's Um, not looking forward to this. She's another Jordan Peele, uh, you know, film that he's involved in that I can hate on. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I'm looking forward to Antebellum. Yes, I am too. That's coming out in August, right? Yep. Uh, again, I, knock on wood. I will give Tammy huge credit here. She'll at least watch it before she hates on it. So she'll at least yes, see I, it. Yes. 
right? And then decide. I I love his style. Anything he's involved with, I know he's not directing this, but I just feel like his influence will be there. And from what I've seen from the trailers, I think this is a story that can be redone, readapted. I don't have a beef with remakes or readaptations. I think they're very important to bring new fans into the genre. Um, So I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Anybody else want to weigh in on the Candyman? Uh, I just want to say I am excited as heck for this one. Uh, I do love the original quite a bit as well. I actually watched it probably like five times in the last two years because of like different podcasts I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I am really looking forward to seeing the, how this one plays out. It, it's one that uh, really, really deserves a, a good, uh, I guess, an updating, even though Vin said it holds up pretty well. I mean, I, I think... It's weird. Like sometimes movies from the nineties, well, well, those two things are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes movies from the nineties don't hold up as well as movies from the eighties. Yeah, that's true. You get that. I don't yeah, know. There's a nineties aesthetic that has. Yeah. Aged well, yeah. Yeah. Almost like the, um, uh, the nineties movie posters, just floating yeah, oh, heads, yeah, yeah. right? Floating heads. Hey, let's put uh, 10 heads. On the movie poster. <laughs> Everyone that stars in a movie, let's just put their head on the poster. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Horrible. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, next is, is anybody looking forward to this um, thing that Netflix is is doing? They're they're bringing out a a Juwan Origins series. Did I you hear about that? I don't think I have. Yes. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it. The popular Japanese horror franchise um, is being splintered off into a parallel series. Juon became increasingly convoluted with its myth mythology and timeline, but they're kind of going to bring it back to like the the timeline of the American remake, and it's going to take the franchise in an exciting new direction. This is supposed to come out. Oh my gosh, dude! It comes out July third. Oh wow! Yep, July third this year. Friday. So, yep. So now, is some, this an American to production? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm going to keep my expectations. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Although, (laughs) although, although let's not, let's not think about this, this year's grudge. Okay. Let's think about, I think the original grudge remake was pretty good. I would agree. It's not as good as as well. Yeah. They're not as good as the, uh, the original counterparts, but they're still strong. I think. Well, and I think what they didn't, most recent one was just a dumb adaptation that was, not didn't, the story didn't really make sense at least in the in the two american remakes for either film like it it had some basis in the actual folklore mm-hmm. so it made sense right at least it followed it enough um so yeah it'd be interesting though something new to watch on netflix you know yep. there you go and and it's crazy that this hasn't gotten more you know i mean i would think juan the grudge is kind of one of the bigger names in in j-horror and it's just gonna like premiere on netflix with no fanfare okay yeah i'm kind of shocked by it that i haven't even heard anything of this yeah well there you go and then the last thing i wanted to bring this is again this is a tv thing uh anybody here watch the cw i I mean some people like uh supernatural uh some people like um vampire diaries and all that and then they also had the uh the riverdale thing which was kind of like a darker murder mystery type thing well, now they're getting their own reality series called oh, Killer Camp. Oh, sign me up. I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> that yes. actually sounds entertaining. 
Killer Camp is a twisted version of a reality show created as an homage to campy 80s horror flicks. The five-part competition will premiere on Thursday, July 16th at 8 p.m. In the series, 11 British strangers, this is a British uh, vehicle here, are shocked to discover they are not going on a fun new reality show called Summer Camp. (laughs) <laughs> but actually are participating in a horror whodunit called Killer Camp. Each night, someone will be murdered. I'm using air quotes. And they must determine who the secret murderer is amongst them. Um, yeah. So, it, th- they had me here. <laughs> I, was like, I am sold. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. That sounds too familiar to a movie that just came out recently. <laughs> to me, that maybe I mean, we'll talk does. about later, doesn't it? Though Scott, don't oh, you feel like we just sat through this? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it does. It's got a, got a picture of like this. It, you can tell they're paying homage to uh, J- Sackhead Jason here with the overalls and the flannel shirt and the and the bandages on the face instead of the sack. But you know, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna watch it. What the heck? My my wife loves reality TV. You're talking to a guy who, in order to spend TV time with my wife, has to watch like 90 Day Fiance and oh my god, I'm sorry, crap like that. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, she's not a big horror fan, so she might watch this one with me. So there you go. All right, well that's going to do it for the news. And next, let's talk about what's coming out in July on Mark Your Calendars. All right, July is a real thin month. If you're a Blu-ray collector, um, it's it's a great month, okay? Because uh, I'm going to have my thing posted up on on uh, Facebook here in a couple days, and it's it's just like dozens of special editions. We've got Criterion coming out, Kino Lorber. We got Arrow. We got Shout Factory. Uh, RLJ Blue, Code Red. I mean, all kinds of stuff coming out. Uh, but I'm going to stick to horror movies that are making their debut, 2020 debut here in July. And there's not a lot. Uh, July 3rd, uh, like we just said, uh, Juwan uh, Origins on Netflix, but also Into the Dark on Hulu has their, uh, I guess this is going to be a 4th of July holiday horror, The Current Occupant. Is what it's called. What, what other what other holiday could it be in July? I don't know. My birthday. Your birthday. That, that's exactly what they're doing. Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is the the only like release on that day. July seventh is a movie called Browse. Don't have much information on it. July 9th is one that's dropping on Shutter. That it's getting a lot of good reviews. It's called The Beach House. Ooh. Have you guys heard about that one? I have no. not. It's supposed to be nice nice and gory, nice and bloody. Uh, so the Beach House dropping on Shutter July 9th. Then July 10th is the biggest uh, day of the month as far as volume. You've got a movie called Volition, which I believe is a sci-fi horror type film. One that I'm really, really, really looking forward to. I'm jealous because a couple people got um, screeners and really liked it it's it was a big hit at sundance it was gonna be out at um south by southwest before it got canceled it's called relic oh i seen the trailer to this this looks interesting yes yes it's supposed to be really good I, again i'm set might be setting myself up for you know 
expectations being not met, but I'm I'm hoping that's going to be like a, a top 10, top 15 of the year type candidate movie. Um, movie called Archive. A movie called A Deadly Legend. Another sci-fi horror called Parallax. And then a Japanese film called We Are Little Zombies. Hmm. There you go. Uh, July 14th is a movie called Coven. That's all I know. I'm sure it's going to have something to do with witches. I, I, I would guess so. <laughs> yes. July 17th, so. two, two theater horror releases, I think. But again, my, my theaters here in Maryland have not yet opened. Nope. Same here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting worried because the 17th is St. Maud. Uh, let's, yes. you know, and, and then also another one that's been getting some good buzz is called ghosts of war. And that is a, uh, a war horror movie. I'm not oh, sure if it's cool. set in Vietnam or, or w- which war it is, but I'm a sucker. Me too. War horror movies. I love yeah, me too. Horror. So put those on your, um, calendar and let's just pray that St. Maud gets that because if they push it back again to like november i'm gonna i'm gonna spit okay? <laughs> i'm gonna spit <sighs> and I'm, I'm gonna say bad things about a24 <laughs> so uh I, I just hope that if if it if the theaters aren't open i hope they just put it out on vod i yeah. paid 20 bucks to see it i would so and i did want to say this because uh, this is the only thing I'm going to tell tell you about any kind of Blu-ray that's coming out. July 17th is a, a Blu-ray that's coming out. Uh, this is a movie that is better than Terrifier. Okay? It's got a better clown in Papa Corn. It's called Circus of the Dead. Oh, I've heard a lot of good things about this movie It's a few the years year. old. It's really good. And they've got a, a, a part two coming out soon. So uh, if you want to... Pick something up that's you know. It, it, to me, it's just a better, a well, more well-made movie than Terrifier. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. I just want to throw that that plug out there because Circus of the Dead never gets love, and Terrifier always gets the love. Right, Heather? It does because <laughs> it's an excellent movie, Mark Nato. Love you some some Art the Clown. <laughs> that's okay. Um, July 23rd is an Indonesian film called Impetigor. It's got a really cool premise, but it's got a really stupid looking cover. Uh, it's about, it's got this girl face and her, her eyes are upside down. Like her eyelashes are on the bottom. It looks really stupid. Uh, oh. July 24th is one called The Rental that is supposed to be uh, really good. You've got Dave Franco in it. It's got Allison Brie. Two couples rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. And guess what? It ain't. Uh, I bum, guess there's bum, bum. somebody or something. Um, and it's really weird because it's it up on um, IMDb as it was, it's Taiwanese. Hmm. But how did Dave Franco and Allison Brie get involved in a Taiwanese production? I'm not sure. But anyway... <laughs> Looks looks good to me. I, I like Allison Brie. And then also on July 24th, another film that's been getting some good buzz. It's called Amulet. Anybody heard about this one? I have not. I'm a sucker for like horror that has to do with like religious artifacts and 
that kind of stuff. Uh, this is an ex-soldier living homeless in London is offered a place to stay at a decaying house inhabited by a young woman and her dying mother. As he starts to fall for her, he cannot ignore his suspicion that something sinister is going on. And there's like a nun on the the front cover. There's definitely some religious imagery. I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking for this one. And then the last one, July 31st, is a film called Unhinged. So there you go. Like I said, that honestly, that's not that much um, considering what we usually have. So I just want to throw those out there. You can mark your calendar and see, uh, you know, hopefully everything comes out and COVID goes away and we can get uh, get back to normal. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go around the Rotten Round Table and talk about just buttloads of movies. Just buttloads. Is that is that a is that a like an actual term? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that works. That's a scientific term, actually. Yes, buttloads. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, love horror movies? Yeah, so do we. Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, shutter kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, shutter.com. All right, we are going to start with our guests. So we'll do ladies first. What do you say about that? So, um, so Scott. I was going to say that. <laughs> dude, dude, I love how you roll. Dude, totally kidding. Now we'll let Heather go first, and then we'll do Scott, and then we'll do Tammy, and then we'll do Vin, then we'll do me. That's what I'll, you know, I'm going to go last. And nobody better take my movie, my first movie. Wow. We'll do so, our Heather, best. Heather, what have you been watching? Um, as I said, I've been hitting up me some international films, and the one I want to talk about is 122. It's an Arabic film. Has anyone seen it? It's on Netflix. You know, I have. Nope. I have not watched it yet. Oh. It's it's in my queue. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I thought maybe you hadn't heard of it. That's oh yeah, okay. I've I'll heard take, of it. It's in watched. my queue, and um, I, I've been watching uh, a lot more Hindi. You know, horror. Nice. They've been coming out with some some stuff that that's not too bad. Yeah, I've yeah. had a couple that I've watched that I've enjoyed too, and I actually will bring up one later on. But uh, this one is an Arabic film, and it's uh, I'm not sure which country it takes place in. I can't remember that piece right now. It could be um, Egypt, um, and it's basically a couple is planning on getting married. And they are in a car accident. They get taken to a hospital where nothing is as it seems. And it becomes a, I would say, a modern-day slasher. There is some parts of it that you do have to uh, suspend your disbelief. But if you're willing to do that in other slasher films, I think there should be no problem with doing that here. It doesn't take away from the plot. It's pretty quick moving. I believe it's about uh, 84 minutes or 90 minutes in length. Like, it's pretty short. But my goodness, is it great. And even when you're watching a film in another language and you really can empathize with the characters, even without reading the subtitles, like just looking at their facial expressions Mm -hmm. um, and the challenges they have. And one of the lead characters, uh, she's deaf. And that really does play in a lot into this movie and how she kind of uses that to her advantage and, and 
um, in order to navigate the situation she's in. Excellent film. It's on Netflix Canada. It's on you, uh, Netflix United States, and I, I totally recommend watching it. It's better than a lot of other domestic films that I've seen and probably one of the better modern-day slashers. I would consider it a slasher that I've seen. I don't know if Scott wants to chime in because he has seen it. Yeah, I was going to say I would I would consider it a uh, slasher as well. But yeah, this was a a lot of fun. Uh, like and it pretty much like is uh really a really quick moving film too. It doesn't like take its time with anything either. It's it just feels like a good like old school 80s slasher in the way that it just kind of moves really fast. Like at least yeah. some slashers. I like stuff set in hospitals like that. You know. Yeah, and- that setting is really cool too with this one. Yeah, and I did. I I, I made a mistake and I called it Hindi, but you you're right. It's it's Arabic and it's it it, was, it is uh, Egyptian. I'm not sure. Do I know of any other Egyptian horror movies? I'm not sure. I yeah, I think, think this is the of, only one I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's definitely in my Netflix neck Netflix queue, and I'm gonna go ahead and and you know put it to the top. With on your guys' recommendation, Vin and uh, Tammy, have you guys seen this or heard of it? No, no, not yet. Okay, get write it down. Write it down. One twenty-two. All right, Scott, what you got? Oh uh, well, I'm gonna bring up uh, one of the more recent ones that I watched uh, last night, and that was a uh, new Shutter exclusive called Yummy. <sighs> Loved it. Oh my gosh, this movie was just a freaking blast. It was so gross and and just violent as all hell. But it's pretty much this uh, couple and their uh, this woman's mother are going to a sketchy plastic (laughs) surgery place, which you should never do. No, just gonna say that right now. (laughs) Never go to a sketchy. Your place to have surgery. Just not. Wait, I'm writing that down. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> it's never. It's never going to end well. Um, but yeah, they go there because she's uh, the main girl is going to get a breast reduction because like all the guys are just like ogling her for her breast size, and mm-hmm. they get there and like you just meet these weird quirky characters, and then like you find out that yeah, there's somehow a zombie in the basement, and well, it well it, it has. It, it does kind of make sense. They're, they're doing some yeah. experimental stuff yep. with like fetuses and and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, they they're trying to hide it, and and the guy kind of accidentally lets it loose. And yeah, dude, oh. dude, <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh, really. I had I had a blast with this movie. Like I was laughing, I was grossed out, I was just blown away by the practical effects that were used in this, yep. and. I was messaging Heather, telling her, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to see this. And then we find out it's not on Shutter Canada. Oh, crap. Yeah, so that, that kind of bummed me out. But uh, hopefully it'll get to them soon so she can watch it. Because, man, this movie was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I, I just really appreciate the practical effects. Uh, I appreci- appreciated, uh, you know, it, it was, I know it says on uh, IMDb, like, comedy. And I understand why some people might think that, that maybe a little bit of a satirical look at stuff but I, I thought it was played pretty straight yeah because someone was uh like saying they were avoiding it because of all the comedy and i'm going it's really not as funny mm-hmm. as you think it would be it's no. it's got some comedic scenes in it but it's like almost it's all played serious with just a hint of comedy yeah yeah uh, and and the guy with the enlargement 
Oh my gosh, that that scene. was hilarious. <laughs> oh man, hilarious. I felt so bad for that guy. <laughs> no, me too. I was like, oh goodness. But yeah, anybody else seen it yet? No. Oh my goodness. No, Come on. You get you guys have Shutter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, get on it. Get on it. Yeah, this, yes. Right now, I'm not sure which is my favorite zombie film of the year, whether it's Blood Quantum or or Yummy. Mm. It, two totally different kind of movies. But yeah, and Yummy, I would definitely say, is my favorite just because it reminds me more of uh, Dead Alive with the amount of gore that's splayed out in it, and that's my type of jam when it comes to zombie films. Yeah. I love that zombie chick who's just half of its person. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she is. How did they do that? I, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, there's a lot of effects in there. I was trying to figure out how they pulled off. It's either, you know, really good CGI, you know, getting that out, like kind of how they did Lieutenant's, Lieutenant Dan's legs in Forrest Gump. Uh, he wore like those either green or blue socks, and they were able, or, or they got somebody who actually has no legs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of neat. So, yummy. Do you know why it was called yummy? I I still don't really know. Like besides it being zombies and them just eating people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Even if you're zombied out, this one's this one will still get you. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. you'll like it. Yep. All right, Tammy, what you been watching? Well, before I get my first movie, I would just like to. Share the wonderful news that Landon and I were re- able to return to the theater this week. They are open Yay! in Kentucky and Tennessee. Oh, nice. And Landon got to see Jurassic Park 1993, the original, on the big screen, which was a really cool opportunity for him. That really nice. enjoyable. We, <laughs> we had the place to ourselves. There was one other girl that looked to be about... Uh, Landon's age in there with us and her dad was next door watching uh, Back to the Future. So, uh, and we know that because he brought her some popcorn and, you know, we could hear him talking, but it was a really cool experience, so. What you're saying yeah. is you nailed social distancing, Tammy, at the movie theater. <laughs> that, right. I think we had like 60 feet, not 60. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing, though. He must have loved that. What an awesome experience. It was so, and you know, it really, like, it really held up. You know, we were talking, I think we actually brought it up, the CGI. I think, I think yeah. Vin said that, that it was really good in Jurassic Park. And Walsh you know, said it is something still, about it, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, or, okay, Walsh, and, like, it, it really looked great, yeah. you know, I on mean, the big screen. Especially show. when you're considering that this was, what, 93? Yeah, and I was really trying to watch it be like, okay, how good is this really? And it really is as good as you remember it mm-hmm. is, even on the huge screen. Yeah, I think like the brontosauruses are the only thing that like, don't really, or whatever you call them these days. I don't know exactly what the technical word of it is now. Brachiosaurus. <laughs> yeah, it's a brachiosaurus, sure. Uh, long necks from uh, the long necks, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're the only thing that doesn't her. quite look real anymore, but everything else, the T-Rex still looks amazing. Oh, I want to make sure I call it the right pronoun. Because I don't want any letters from any brachiosauruses <laughs> that are very upset. <laughs> um, you know the scene, the scene in the helicopter where they come over and that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's still I got the goosebumps and everything. You know, it was just <laughs> it was great. And you know the T Rex holds up because he's practical. Yeah. That T Rex. 
when he uh, when he bites the guy off the toilet. Oh man, it's great. My, one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that um, what's his name from Seinfeld? It's not the same guy, is it? Uh, no, I don't think it no, is. Uh, no, the guy he gets he gets he gets um, the Lavasaurus. Yeah, he gets spit in the face with that venom or something. But yeah, yeah. Newman. Newman. Hello, Newman. You know what? I actually remembered it as Newman getting eight in the toilet too, but it's not. It's that skinny guy that like brought everybody out there with the hat. Yeah, lawyer. Um, yeah. All right. So my first movie, and keep your opinions to yourself. Oh boy! Oh boy! You know it's going to go down when you have to say that. <laughs> Is itsy bitsy. From 2019 oh, on Amazon it. Prime. Anybody I else love, seen it? I, I love Itsy Bitsy. Really? Yeah, it was it was a good little uh, spider movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's not setting the world on fire, yeah. but absolutely. I mean there was a lot of practical effects in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for anybody who hasn't seen, are, are, Mark, are you are you, you saying that you didn't like it? No, I loved it. Oh, okay. Because you were like anybody really. Else seen it? Yeah, no, anybody else? No, I have it on my right. list to watch this year, actually. Okay, get it in there. So um, it stars Denise Crosby as the sheriff. She's the mom from the old school Pet Cemetery. It's got, actually, everybody in it was good, except I didn't like the mom, who is played by Elizabeth Roberts, who has actually been in quite a few things, but I thought she was, like, kind of the only blemish. So... The synopsis is there's uh, this nurse with a drug problem, which either caused the death of her son or is because the death of her son. I'm not sure I ever figured that out. Did you, Mark? It's been a year and a half since I saw it. Oh, okay. I just just remember liking it. um, And I remember that they they kind of, there's some mythology there about the spiders. Yeah. It's not. It's not just your typical big spiders m- movie. There's like some some mythology behind why they're there. Right. So yeah. anyway, she's this mom, and she's a single mom, and um, she's got two remaining children: Jesse, who's thirteen, and Cambria, Cambria, who's eight. And she takes this job as a live-in nurse for this kind of like recluse guy who lives in this big house, and things seem normal enough, except this guy was some kind of a he did work in Africa was like an artifact hunter and his house was full of like all these artifacts. And he has this, this egg called the black egg of Makalatari or something like that. And it gets broken and it releases this evil entity that is like shows up as like this black spider. Now, <laughs> the, the what they get really, really right is the spider. It's like, yes, it's, CGI and all that and although I think some of it was practical but it's like just the right size it's bigger than a regular spider but it's not like some huge like 1950s drive-in movie kind of spider you know it's like mm-hmm. maybe I don't know two feet big or something like that including it's, its legs. It's enough to scare the poop out of you if you saw Yes it. enough that it could hide but and like enough to like jump on your face and stuff like that which mm-hmm. it does there's a lot of really good like body horror and a lot of squishing and squelching noises and just things like that and so it's mm-hmm. this mom trying to defend her kids against this black spider entity thing mm-hmm. and it's better than it has any right to be it's, it's like yeah really and good I, yeah there's definitely there's definitely practical effects and then 
you know, they use the CGI for different shots that, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't do, but right. this, this is not a huge budget movie. So I got to hand it, I handed to them that they, you know, did as many practical effects as possible. Yeah, they really tried with this and it's free on Prime, so definitely check it out. Now there is a there's be careful, there's one from 2006. It's also a spider movie called Itsy Bitsy. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the 2019 one. Um and it's uh, completely worth your time and there is, if you can get once you get done and get through the credits, there is a stinger at the end that you should hang around for. But yeah, I I loved it. Thought it was yeah. great. Yeah. Uh it's a Bruce Davidson's in it as well. He's the Yep. He's the, the the old man, right? Right, the the yeah. guy with all the artifacts. Yeah. yeah, I just remember thinking it was kind of neat that they tied like this entity type thing that took the form of a spider instead of it just being, you know, arachnophobia with right. some with mm-hmm. some big spiders. You know, and if yeah. you if if you don't like spiders, this movie will scare the crap out of you. Yeah, there, there's. You know, I don't like spiders, and it. I had to cover my eyes a couple times. Yeah, the attic. Oh, nice. The <laughs> attic was full of some nice webs, and yeah, it was neat. I agree with you, itsy bitsy. All right, Vin, what have you been watching? Uh, most of what I've been doing is catching up, <laughs> so I'm not yep. going to bring a lot of things that people haven't seen. Uh, but the first one I'll bring up is one of the newer ones, and. Uh, it's uh, this year's Shirley. Um, Dude, I haven't watched it yet. Is is it horror? See, I knew that question was going to come up. <laughs> is it horror, horror adjacent? Or what is it? It is, it, I would say, kind of horror adjacent. Um, it is definitely a dark, dramatic thriller. Um, I do not run by a strict definition of what is or isn't horror. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that I, it definitely. It is also a movie about horror because uh, yeah. she was a horror writer. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so you've got uh, it takes place right around 1950, um, and this young couple, uh, the the I think they're just recently married. Um, the husband has got kind of a a job working as an assistant for a professor, and the professor is Shirley Jackson's husband. So they go to stay with Shirley Jackson and her husband in their house, and they're two kind of very messed up individuals in this now this is not a biopic uh it is not meant to be a representation of how shirley jackson actually was mm-hmm. um they totally leave out the fact that she had kids and everything else that in this i mean the fact that she doesn't have kids in this is actually a part of the contrast with the couple that comes in uh because the the young wife is pregnant but uh she's more portrayed as a character would be in her own novel um, so if you've read any Shirley Jackson's stuff, then you'd probably understand what, what she's like in this. Um, but it, it's, there's been a lot of comparisons to, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, mm-hmm. which is the, the stage play. Cause that's also in that one, there's like a middle-aged couple, you know, live at a university and there's a younger couple that kind of comes in and gets drawn into their problems, similar kind of, you know, surface level setup there. Um, but you know, it, it's, it deals with the themes of madness, which Shirley Jackson wrote a lot about. Um, but what I find interesting, this is where I say it kind of gets horror adjacent. Um, it leads itself open to a lot of interpretation, in a lot of respects and not in like in a frustrating way. Um, you can view the character of Shirley as somebody who's like a mentally unstable genius. 
mm-hmm. who sort of uses the young wife, the main character of the film, as like a muse to write her her novel. It's supposed to be her first novel, even though in reality it was actually her second. Um, but there's also something clever that the film does, I think. At one point, Shirley tells her point blank, I'm a witch. And there's certain things that happen throughout the film that you could, you have the option to interpret what's going on as something more like witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And Shirley is almost using like spells to kind of like siphon inspiration from the young woman. <laughs> um, and, you know, she's kind of upset when she finds out the woman's pregnant. And that you can kind of interpret some things that she does is kind of making sure that the baby's okay, even if the the mother mm-hmm. <laughs> is not, <laughs> mm-hmm. as things go on, as she's kind of using this, whatever it might be. It might just be inspiration, it might be a spell. You don't, you know, again, it's the, the movie, the movie just kind of gives you that option. Um, so you can kind of look at this in a little bit more of a horror way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I thought it was very well done. Uh, Elizabeth Moss, she plays Shirley Jackson. She does a very good job. Um, they capture the period very well. Um, there's a lot of close-ups and handheld camera work, which actually kind of, it kind of kept taking me out of the film at first. Um, there were, there were almost too many close-ups. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I wanted them to just like kind of pull back a little bit so I can actually see somebody's face. Um, but at the same time, there it mixes fantasy into the film, and you're kind of seeing people's imaginations, and you don't always know whose imagination you're seeing. Is it Shirley? Is it the main character, Rose? So I think going so close to people is maybe an indication that we're, we're getting inside people's heads. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you're into, you know, if you're a fan of artistic dramas that have a dark edge, um, I think it's worth checking out. You know, I, again, I don't use a strict definition of horror and I think thriller is really just kind of a version of horror in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of like the umbrella term dark films. Uh, and this definitely qualifies as that. So, uh, yeah, check it out. I mean, just, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely worth it. Anybody but, else checked it out yet? Uh, no, this one is actually, uh, in my queue to watch real soon. Actually. I've been very curious mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go, and uh, it's kind of neat because we just uh, we did four recommendations here or reviews. We had a Netflix, a Shutter, a Prime, a Hulu, because <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shirley is available on Hulu. Right. And now I'm going to go straight up for the VOD. Okay, and I know some other people have seen this, so I'm going to bite the bullet. And it's uh, You Should Have Left, um, <sighs> starring uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, Amanda Seyfried. The synopsis, uh, Kevin Bacon plays a, um, a rich retired banker, and he takes his family, which includes Amanda Seyfried as his wife, and they go to a, a secluded uh, house on the countryside. Uh, the guy is kind of suffering from nightmares since his first wife's suicide. In the bathtub. Uh, Is it a suicide or is it not? Mm. He starts suspecting his new young wife. Adultery, but I'm... Infidelity? Infidelity. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, So she's she's kind of like a star, right? She's like a a movie actress. And it looks like he's a little bit too old for her, right? I think that's how it's supposed to play out is that he's the, like, and like, Several years older than her. Yeah, so he's kind of jealous and kind of sneaking a suspicion. Like I looked him up, he's sixty. Yeah, he's sixty. He's got he's got a little bit of he's got a little bit of that gobble neck. Yeah, the gobble neck. But I mean, the dude is thin. Yeah, I mean, like really thin. thin. Yeah, really thin. Um, and, and then basically what happens is is things start to happen around this house. 
they uh, start to have these experiences. He's having these dreams, uh, and, and like the house inside is larger, right, than the outside. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I don't know how he kind of comes to this um, conclusion, but he one day he he goes out and he measures and he measures the inside and and the house uh, uh, is. Uh, bigger on the inside and and there's this like character that keeps showing up like this old guy and i, I was i was confused i was confused was I'm anybody confused else confused too, and there's yeah. a theory i have but it's such a spoiler i can't talk about it on air um yeah but maybe you and i can chat briefly afterwards if we remember yeah. because there's a theory i have about what all that was was mm-hmm. something that happens very early on in the beginning um but there's no concrete proof at the end of it. Because I thought yeah. it was a movie that was okay. I felt it wasn't anything special. I thought the acting was okay, but I just felt the script was so choppy and it didn't flow well for me. Well, they, they say that it takes a lot of inspiration from a book called House of Leaves, mm-hmm. which is a, a pretty well-known like horror novel. Um, Has anybody else read that besides me? Nope. I, no, I've not read I don't it. read. Then <laughs> 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 have you read it? Not yet, but it's been strongly recommended to me. Yeah, okay. I I actually have the book, but I've never read it. Okay, well, I mean, it's a chore to read it, but one of my greatest fears was would be like like with Dark Tower that somebody would try to make a movie out of House of Leaves, and I do have to say, I didn't love this movie, but they started to kind of get that idea right which if you haven't read the book it's not going to make any sense to you but one of the big things is that the house is bigger on the outside or you know on the inside than the outside you can go to sleep and the house will be one way and you wake up the house is like kind of like another way and i always thought somebody's going to try to make a movie out of this and it's really going to stink but i think it's one of the things this uh, this movie kind of started to get right so it gave me hope mm-hmm. well I'm gonna say this. It, it got some, it got some push there uh, a week or so before it came out. So a lot of people had some expectations. People were throwing around stir of echoes, uh, uh, which which is an, which is a great uh, <laughs> horror film that Kevin Bacon was in in the '90s. What are you guys laughing at? I just don't think that's a fair comparison. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm saying that's what know, was thrown around. And getting everybody's yeah, yeah, getting everybody's uh, you know expectations up, and then I think one thing that ticked some people off is is that th- this is twenty bucks to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. You know, it's it's one of those that I guess they would have had out, out the movies, so they released it uh, at, on VOD, and it was nineteen ninety nine. Um, do I think that it was worth nineteen ninety nine? Probably not. Probably not, not. but but I will tell you this, and I think the reason why it was getting stir of echoes comparisons because it's the same writer, the same guy who wrote stir of echoes, wrote the screenplay for this. Um, He's written some really good stuff, Uh, but uh, this this movie was almost really really good to me. Like I, I was digging everything that was happening, but then. Like it needed like a really good third act, yeah, to kind of tie it all together, and I, I felt like th- this is the kind of situation where you know he 
he uh, they're trying to get out of the house. They're trying to leave, and of course, it, it's almost like a this thing where it won't let you leave. You get out and you walk down the road, and twenty minutes later, you're you're right back at the front door. You know, so it, it's messing with you, and and you know there there's some thought that it, this guy maybe has some things in his past and th- his past is catching up with him and, and and the house is kind of that's what that house does you know uh so i liked all that but i was and i didn't really like the way it ended like i felt like nobody was really in any danger except for him yeah you know except for kevin bacon and i don't know without without spoiling things i just I just wanted it to go someplace like even more horrific uh, in the third, you know, it just a, maybe a, a 15 minute third act, like really, you know, pardon my expression, balls to the wall and, and, and really make it something that would leave people's jaw on the floor or something. But they didn't, they didn't like they, they, it's, it ended. And I was like, that's it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, like for me, like th- this will tell you how much this movie left an imprint on me. Heather and I just did recorded our recent episode, and we talked about this movie. And I seen it on our list, and I'm going, oh, "That name sounds familiar. What the heck is that movie?" Like it completely slipped my yeah, mind. I thought I watched it, and he didn't. Yeah, we watched and, it together. And then, <laughs> and then you brought it up on the show, and I'm going, "Wait, why does that movie sound familiar? I forgot it again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see where it's forgettable. I mean, I. I personally still liked the movie, but I didn't love it. Like I thought they fell short of the mark. They didn't deliver. Um, yeah, they didn't deliver all the way. Yeah. And and I do believe, and I'll just tell you this right now. I mean, save your twenty bucks. Yeah. And yeah. wait and wait till it goes down to like four ninety nine, because yes, absolutely a, a lot of people will pay the twenty bucks for this and they will be pissed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not you know uh, something that. To me, it, it's it's a, a VOD type movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a movie that I would have gone to see at the theater. No, you know, or or I had and I would have been pissed. You know, that that's just me. But um, because I'm a strange animal, because I can like a movie and still be pissed that I spent twenty bucks on it. Right. You know, because I'm like, man, it just wasn't quite worth twenty bucks. That was worth eight bucks. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, Vin, did you see this yet? Uh, no, I was not going to spend twenty dollars on this. Yeah, <laughs> don't do it, Ben. Don't Definitely do it. Not. Smart man, smart man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would just say, just wait, just wait. All right, Heather, we're back to you. Well, when we're down, we just want to stay down. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about a movie that I found. Uh, I don't know, really over dramatic. So if you want to see like a high school drama club come together, it's called Confessional on Shudder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, I, you know, I, when we talked about it on our podcast, I, I will give it, you know, some some props for trying a unique concept. It's basically based that there's these two murders that occur in this college in this group of friends and there's videotapes it's kind of like a little bit of found footage mixed with like monologues and there's these remaining people that are called to these confessional booths and it's one confessional booth that the movie is filmed in basically and they give these monologues and through these monologues you figure out what happened to the two people that were murdered and who was responsible and 
some of the actors are so overdramatic. It is <laughs> it is ridiculous. Like there's one in particular, beautiful young woman, and I think she was she was really giving it her gusto, but her gusto was just so over the top that I really did feel like I was watching a high school drama club. <laughs> there were some funny lines that were written in there that were um some pop culture society lines that I found quite funny. For example, uh, Scott and I have new nicknames in our chat. I am unreliable narrator and he is major Chad. Um, <laughs> those are two things that we pulled from this movie. Um, it's, it's short, but it's too long. And <laughs> it's, it's an out an 84 minute f- film and the ending you can see coming a mile away, I think midway through, not even midway, I would say probably 15 minutes into the movie, you can be like, oh, this is probably what happened. And then they do the mistake at the end. And I'm kind of giving spoilers. I really don't think it's worth anybody's time unless you really like monologues. Um, and at the end, you kind of get something where it, it almost tries to make you think it really happened and it's a real film. And I find that trope so dumb like it was yeah. cool in 1999 when Blair Witch came out it's not so cool in 2020 so that's my uh, movie I don't recommend watching even though it's free on Shutter. has anyone else besides Scott had the pleasure of viewing these monologues <laughs> um, I have not and it's because of the crap reviews it's been getting um, I, I will eventually watch it because I watch try to watch everything but you it's coffee Mark Nato this, this will be um <laughs> This will be like December, last week of December. Uh, oh, I need to watch this to have it in my, you know, letterbox to count. <laughs> but yeah, be awake. I'm Get not looking coffee, forward. Whatever you need to do to keep yourself going because it's yeah. a long watch. Scott, I don't know. Do you want to add anything? Uh, you pretty much summed it up. But yeah, this movie just like like you were saying, I'm very impressed with like the way it was just monologue after monologue and like all done in one scene, but like or in one setting, but. Yeah, there just really wasn't anything. Like, this movie is just straight-up dialogue-heavy, and there just really wasn't enough to keep you invested. And overacted. Overacted Overacted like crazy. like crazy. So, you know, yeah, skip it. Okay. All right, Scott, we're up to you. What you been watching? All right, so I'm going to bring up one that I was shocked to find uh, this uh, app actually had their own original content, and it's from Crackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the movie is called The Clearing. Has anyone seen this? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a father that must battle his way through the zombie apocalypse to save his daughter. And wow, I was really impressed with this. I had like low expectations coming from Crackle, just because I never expected them to really invest much money into their stuff. And mm-hmm. I was impressed. Like the, it was another good zombie film this year. Uh, it's very uh, small cast of characters, so it's very uh, personal. Like with all, with each character, you get to know them very well. The father and daughter like do fantastic job. Uh, the zombies are like frightening, and they're fast, just like in Twenty Eight Days Later, and like the virus style zombies. And yeah, it's pretty much this father takes his daughter out camping in an RV at this campground, and then zombies just appear. Don't really know why or how. Mm-hmm. And it just pure chaos from there. And man, I thought this was a really good film. Like I was really impressed. Yeah. I mean, I think you liked it more than I did. Uh, I think they spent a lot, a lot of time in that daggone RV. Oh, they you definitely know? did. And I'm like, let, let's, 
let's get out of there. You know, it's been 45 minutes or whatever it is. But I liked what I did like about the movie was um, the the heart that it had with, you know, a father and a daughter. And and frankly, the daughter is a brat. At, at oh, the she was at yeah, the beginning. Just... She's like she just didn't want anything to do with her dad. And, um, you know. I, I won't no spoilers, whatever, but it, you know, it comes down to, you know, he's, he's, he's got to be there for her during this, uh, uh, zombie apocalypse. And then maybe she realizes what, what he means to her or whatever. But so it had, it did have some heart. It was, it was well acted and the zombies were good, but I just felt like the character, they were separated for a while and the, the main character just spent a lot of time in that Dagon RV. And I just wish he would have come out of the RV. Yeah. I think for me, it made it like made it feel kind of claustrophobic when he was in there, which kind of built the tension for me. Yeah. Yep. I'll probably give it another watch at, at the end of the year, just to, to make sure. But cause you know, sometimes you watch a movie and it just doesn't hit you. Right. Yeah. But, but it's still a good movie, but uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do think it's worth a watch. Absolutely. Especially when it's free. Yep. Orn crackle. Yeah, who would have thought they would have come out with some TV or movies? <laughs> yeah, I think they're trying to, you know, play catch up. I, I don't know if you can catch, uh, you know, Hulu and Shutter and Netflix and stuff now. I mean, they should have been doing that years ago, right? Yeah. Same thing with Redbox. You know, you know that movie Becky. Oh yeah, that was Redbox. Yeah, yeah that's a Redbox thing. When I was working at Redbox, I kept telling them, "You need to get in the production game." You need to get into production. That was like seven years ago, and now they are, and it's like you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at this point, you've got you yeah. got a lot of catching up to do, and there ain't yeah. no way. <laughs> you're too late. All right, Terminator. Crackle did that um a couple years ago. That Dead Rising Watchtower, didn't they? Oh, I think they did actually. Based on the video that. game. Based on yeah, the, that was were pretty t- good. There were two of those movies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With yeah, Jesse Metcalf and yeah, those weren't wasn't bad. bad. Mm-hmm. But I can't say for sure that it was a, an actual crackle production. But oh, okay. Yeah, might I have been. Remember there? I don't know either. Okay, I am going to go back all the way to 1972, all right. <laughs> where you know I like to hang out, and this is actually two movies, but they go together, so. I am going to come in with Kolchak the Night Stalker and Kolchak the Night Strangler. Anybody seen them? I've heard of them, but I've never seen them. <laughs> okay. I want uh, to see them. Yeah. They I, sound I've, good. I've heard that they're very good, and I've never they taken the time s- to watch them. So very good. And they, of course, led to the uh, eventual TV show. By the same name. But what made me want to watch this was our Fright Night that we dived into. Made me start thinking about vampire things and vampire things that I liked. And I'm like, I haven't watched Kolchak for a while. I'm going to rewatch that. So Kolchak, the Night Stalker, is actually a, was a 1972 ABC movie of the week. And it stars um, Darren McGavin, who is the dad from A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> who plays Kolchak. And... Basically, he's that. I think that just must be how he is because he's basically the same guy, but he plays a like investigative reporter 
who lives in Vegas. And this actually became the highest rated original TV movie ever on U.S. television. And so he plays an investigative reporter who comes to suspect that a serial killer is indeed a vampire. And this this did so well that they actually released this as a movie in theaters overseas. And Chris Carter, who is the creator of the X-Files, actually says that this move, these movies and this series was his um, kind of what gave him the idea for the X-Files. Yeah. So he just plays this investigative reporter and there's what's really, really great about this is the B-roll footage, which is just like, you know, all of the, the filler footage that they take. You can tell they were actually on the Vegas Strip in 1972. And so it's just really fun visually to watch this. And, you know, uh, of course, girls, ladies of the night start going missing. And so Kolchak's trying to like you know, hunt this da- guy down. And when he finally sees him, it's a very hammer horror looking <laughs> obvious vampire guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he can't, he can't get his editor won't believe him and the police won't believe him and blah, blah, blah. Of course, by the end of the movie, everyone believes him and they tell him, okay, yes, you can go ahead and write your story. And he goes to, he does and he hands a story in. And the next day he finds out he's fired and the whole thing's been covered up. So he decides to move to Seattle, and that's where you get the second movie, which is Kolchak the Night Strangler. And this one's really cool because I don't know if this is true or not, but in the TV movie, Seattle, I guess, like burnt to the ground at some time. And they, instead of like cleaning it all up, they just like built over it. So there's this like whole city underneath Seattle. And there's a ghoul creature kind of living down there who needs to kill women and hypodermically remove in the last second, seven seconds of their life or something that he has to hypodermically remove some fluid from the base of their brain. And that allows him to stay alive. And he's been alive for like 200 years. So he's out killing go-go dancers. So now you've got a whole bunch more really great 1973, uh, you know, B-roll footage of go-go dancers and just the streets of Seattle. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's just, and it's the same story, you know. We can't get can't get anyone to believe him, and then they finally do, and he gets fired and kicked out of town. And he's he ends that one by saying, "Okay, well, actually, his editor gets fired too with him." And he's like, "All right, we're going to New York," which then turned into the TV series, and that's where that one picks up. But these two movies, they're both so fun. They used to be. The whole series and the movies used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if they still are, but they are on YouTube. You can watch them for free, and they're they're totally worth it. They're just a really good time. They're actually funny, um, and you know, pretty good. Mo- like just regular old monster of the week kind of movies, but they're just they're just a good time. And if you haven't seen them, I think anybody who listened to the show would definitely you know enjoy it for sure. And, you know, I love the 70s stuff, so it's just all around a good time. So if you have never checked them out, definitely do. I will definitely be adding these to my list for sure. <laughs> yeah, whenever, so you, uh, whenever you hear, like, lists or you see lists about the best um, made-for-TV horror movies, mm-hmm. the, these are on there. Yeah, because that's, like, that's probably where I recognize the name from. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I've, I've been planning, uh, we're, we want to do a like a series um, best made for TV horror movies. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll, 
these would definitely be a part of that because I, I, I haven't watched them yet, but uh, every, everybody that I that I know says that they're some of the best ones ever made. So yeah, they I are. I love I love how, made for TV horror anyway, but these are just they're the cream of the crop. How how long did the TV series run? Do you know? It only ran for one season from seventy four to seventy five, I think. But I think there's twenty episodes. Oh wow! If I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. Oh. So, cold check the Night Stalker and the Night Strangler. Strangler. Yeah. There we go. All right, Vin. What you got? All right. I watched for the first time Maniac. Oh, Ooh. are you kidding me? The first time? Not the 1981. I've never seen it. Oh, I've never the, seen the remake? It. Not the remake. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you watch? <laughs> Not the 1963 Hammer film. I, I watched 1934's Maniac. Uh, the original So Bad It's Good horror film. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's, I've never <laughs> even heard of it. Oh, my God. This is one hell of a treat. Um, are, you, are you doing our research for... Uh, I was, actually, yeah. Our, top 100, <laughs> our, our 100th episode. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were. Yep, yeah. and I'm like, oh, man, this is a good one. Uh, this is really bad, but it's bad in the best ways. Uh, it's a total exploitation film. Um, it's, but it's, it does so in the guise of being an informative film about like various mental illnesses. Uh, but those are just kind of you know thinly veiled excuses to show like girls in nighties and really bad acting and dialogue, uh, you know. And there's like a weird obsession with cats throughout the whole thing. It's there's like a loose interpretation of Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat in here. Um, oh. But I mean, there are so many felines in this film that for no reason it's ridiculous. Um, but are, basically, is, is this is this silent or is this? No, no, it's it's thirty four. It's do you, do you it's get like any? Right do you what? get any of those jump scares with the cat? Wow! Uh, is no. that where is that where there's, this or originated? No. No. no, there's lots of lots of things of cats like fighting things though and chasing things. <laughs> um, there is some that nudity actually sense. in this. Uh, this got it like right. You know, th- this was the kind of film that uh that would play basically like on the road and like a road circuit. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of like a step away from like a stag film almost. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's there's like this this scientist who's doing experiments. I think about I mean I'm already forgetting the plot on this thing, but I think he's trying to raise the dead or something. But then his assistant kills him and takes over his identity, but nobody seems to notice. Um, and it, it's 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 really bad. Uh, but there is this one scene where the guy he uh, I think I think there's a black cat. I think the cat's name is Satan, <laughs> and uh, he gets so pissed off at the cat that he chases the cat down. And the most infamous scene is where he kind of like strangles the cat and he pops out the cat's eyeball, um, which sounds, you know, it's shocking and it sounds rightfully awful. uh, But it's so obvious that it's not even the same cat that he grabs because he was chasing a black cat, but all of a sudden he's holding like a calico. And uh, it's obviously a cat that just like had one eye and they kind of take out like a little glass marble, Um, you know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this, this movie is, it's bad. Uh, but it's, again, it's entertaining bad. It's a little less than an hour and it goes by surprisingly fast. It's one of those ones that like I'm folding laundry and watching, but you know, it's, (laughs) I was actually had my, my, you know, my eyes to the screen, just, you know, you can't take your eyes away from that train wreck. Um, but yeah, if, if you like bad films, you got to check this one out. Um, it is actually on Amazon prime and that Mm -hmm. copy is 
it looks terrible. There is a, like an HD practically copy on on YouTube that you can just watch. It looks much better. Yeah, I actually, um, just added this to my watch list. Like while you were talking about it. Okay, yeah, but watch it on YouTube, not on not on Prime. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, so 1934 Maniac. Uh, if you like bad movies, well, it's one of the earliest. <laughs> here, here's a little tagline for this movie. Uh, that that one uh, reviewer said, uh, the Citizen Kane of classic <laughs> roadshow exploitation movies. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> you had me, man. I thought you were uh, never seen the regular maniac. But you're, <laughs> you're going way back. Nice. All right. All right. And here, here we go. I've got another uh, movie that uh, I, I don't think anybody's heard of. And I'm going to tell you this right now. This movie is in my top 10 of the year. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, it is available on Prime, and it is called Silhouette. Has anybody heard of it? No, no I have not. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to give away too much, but what, what you have is this is another. I, I kind of find that a lot of my f- favorite movies <laughs> in, in recent years deal with the subject of grief. And what you have is a husband and a wife who are dealing with loss of a child, grief, uh, guilt, and they decide to go and kind of go away uh, to kind of isolate themselves to kind of you know deal with with this this grief, and bad stuff starts to happen. Uh, whether whether the their daughter is haunting them or whether um, there's mental illness involved, you you just don't know. This movie is so ominous. Um, the tone of this movie is so ominous and like uh, just I thought it was scary. I really did. And the score of this movie was great. Uh, I do not know any of the actors, but they they all did a great job. This is just a this is the definition of like an indie gym. Um, so you can watch it for free on prime. Uh, so that's what I'm going to recommend that you do, please. Uh, maybe you won't like it as much as I did, but, uh, this movie just hit me, you know, talking about grief, you know, hereditary talking about midsummer talking about, um, the lodge. These are some of my favorite movies, uh, over the past few years and this one of course it doesn't have the budget of those movies so don't go in thinking you're going to find like some real slick um you know 20 million dollar budget film but man this again i don't know who the director is i should have looked the name up because they're one to watch so silhouette nice yeah i actually just added this one to my watch list now too Mm -hmm. yeah all right heather you're up all right. How many more times are we going around just so I figure out? 50? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. Um, 2 a.m. Here we come. Maybe, maybe two, okay. uh, maybe two or three, you know, okay, at, perfect. At, at the very most three. Okay, perfect. So the one that I will talk about this time is a one that I recommend. It's on Netflix and it's called Mrs. Serial Killer. And it is a Hindi film. And it came out on May 1st, and it's available on American Netflix and Canadian Netflix. It is a borderline horror comedy. 
because there is some very funny scenes in it. It is based on a woman who is married to a renowned doctor who is or charged with the with being a serial killer with the murder of multiple women, and she's trying to prove his innocence and goes to extreme measures in order to do so. There is a twist in this movie that you kind of see coming, but it's done so well because it doesn't take itself overly seriously. What I really like about this film is being a being a Hindi film and, and I should preface, I was I was married to someone who is South Asian, so I speak some Punjabi and I understand some Hindi. And this film was very much written for a Western audience with winks to um, individuals from the South Asian community. So there's enough westernized things in this that represents what India is like today, um, but also some very, very funny plays on the South Asian culture. There's some very um, funny language that is used. It's it's very well filmed. Obviously, they had a pretty good budget for this movie, and it moves through very quickly, and there's exceptional gore in it as well. I know Scott's watched it, so I don't know if he wants to t- chime in at all. Uh, yeah, like you once again, pretty much nailed it. But yeah, I, I thought this was a really fun film. Uh, there was a couple scenes where I was actually laughing out loud because of just like the silliness of it. And Scott but... doesn't have a sense of humor, so that's a really big deal. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, this is Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ongoing thing with Heather and I. <laughs> but uh, this was a blast from start to finish because. Heather has the knack for finding a lot of these Netflix films that I don't even know exist. And then she's like, you need to watch this. I'm like, okay. And yeah, I'm glad that I checked this one out because this one was a lot of fun. And we recommended it to other podcasters to have also enjoyed it and even said they want to see a sequel. So if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it is subtitled. Um, It's not a Bollywood film. There's another one that I did watch that was Hindi that was Bollywood. Like it had singing and stuff in it. Um, It was much longer. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is definitely more westernized, but more reflective of what India is like today. And... Mm -hmm. um, it's it's good. Mark Nato, I think you would like it if you haven't seen it yet. Tammy, I think you would like it as well. Min, I don't know you as well, but I think you would enjoy it. I, I Maybe your wife would too. Like, it's a fun, easy watch. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely am going to put it in my queue. I had never even heard of it. Uh, because, Yay! But, but seriously... <laughs> I've said this so many times. Netflix hides these bad boys. They do. You really have to dig. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we we were just uh, talking about a couple of really good movies from last year that you just never even got to see because they're they're so deep into the catalog and they don't really advertise them um, as well as they do like the the American movies. So you got to dig. But thank you. I'm going to put that in the queue and watch it. Absolutely. All right, Scott, you're up. All right, uh, I will bring up another one that uh, Heather had actually pointed uh, pointed me in the direction to see, and it was on Netflix, and that is called The Decline. Um, and this one is about like a group of like hardcore survivalists that are in the like really northern part of Quebec, and are pretty much at this like survivalist camp, just trying to like learn even more than they already know, and like just trying to like survive on their own and all this. And then, well, something bad happens and pretty much it all goes haywire and becomes kind of like humans getting hunted in the woods. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's uh very, 
it's like a very cold film because it's like it you you just feel cold watching it and it's like the way that these characters act are like because we uh talked about survival films on our most recent episode and this is like how like if you are lost in the middle of the wilderness and how you would, would survive these are the type of people that know what the hell to do they are very smart they are well prepared but unfortunately the people that are hunting them are probably a little more prepared and know the land better mm-hmm. and yeah this is just a very good tense tense film and kind of in a way reminded me of like surviving the game a bit mm-hmm. uh, had just kind of had that feel to it and yeah this is a very well done film it's a uh, french canadian so it's in sub uh it's french subtitles uh but yeah highly highly recommend this one on netflix but the question is do they have enough toilet paper that, that's you know the they question. don't discuss it. Yeah, they don't. That's something that you know you could say a plot hole is in this film. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, since you've seen this, Heather, is there anything you want to add that I may have missed? Um, no, I think you really covered it. I think this is a film where you really don't know what's going to happen, and they do a very good job of uh, certain things that occur and characters that are injured or whatever that you don't see coming. Like, you really can't call this movie on who's going to survive and who's going to not, and that's a sign of a good survival horror film. You're not predicting this film. You really, really don't know to the end on what's going to go down. So what you're saying is that Outback is much better than this. Oh, you know what? I wish I could just rewatch. I wish I could live that movie because I just think they made such smart decisions. They were I had so more smart snacks in the movie. and drinks going to the beach today than those people had going hey, you to know, the Australian Outback. When when you're really thirsty, you just drink um, what was windshield it? Uh, windshield wiper fluid. Yeah, of that's course. what I was going to do. Actually, I was really thirsty today, but I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll choose water. It's just it's like Kool Aid. all right well that there's another one that i have seen like on the netflix as i scroll by and i just didn't ever um you know place it as like horror adjacent or thriller adjacent so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna you guys are giving me homework yes i I love to hear that i like it a lot all righty back to tammy all right, um, I'm gonna go back to 1958, Ooh. or yes, and this is an independent British film called The Trollenberg Terror, and this was released in the U.S. as The Crawling Eye. Has anybody seen it? Heard of it? It's one I've heard of, but not seen. Okay, <laughs> she can't get enough right, so- of uh, of our drive-in movies, so she's gonna watch them. <laughs> That's right. When I get on a kick now, actually, what brought this about is I was listening to a podcast about John Carpenter's The Fog, and he attributed this movie as his inspiration for that movie. And The Fog, something about that movie, I saw that when I was little and it was years till I could watch it again. It just really scared the heck out of me. And this movie is also mentioned in Stephen King's It by Richie Tozier as being, like, the movie that messed him up as a kid. So yeah. I, I wanted to see it. Um, so <laughs> it does have some problematic sexism in it. And this really jerky American guy kind of leading the show that just keeps yelling, do as you're told. 
or do what I tell you to everybody. And his name is Alan Brooks, and he is sent by the United Nations to Switzerland to investigate a series of unusual incidents at a resort hotel. Climbers are dying and disappearing, and they he believes it's related to the series of similar occurrences about three years ago when this radioactive cloud showed up in town. Well, now a radioactive cloud has shown up in this town. And... Uh, it starts all over again. These climbers are disappearing. And so they're trying to investigate it. And when the creatures show... The, now, I, I made the unfortunate mistake of not watching the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of this. Although there is one, which I would have to tell you, this: if there's ever been a movie that lends itself to that format, if you're going to watch it, watch that one. I didn't, but I bet it's hilarious. They are just giant eyeballs with like these arms that come out of them and they end up killing them with Molotov cocktails and the but you know what I have to say for 1958 there's some pretty good like okay there's some reanimated corpses that come after people and cut them up with axes and they show beheaded bodies and it's pretty daring for 1958 and uh yeah, so it's just, it's just about an hour of in ten minutes of just pure fun, radioactive cloud fun. That I'm serious. Why I would watch the MST3K one if you could, but it was entertaining for sure. Cool, that yeah. was definitely that was in our um, you know, our queue for the for the drive-in. We decided not to go go with it, but. Uh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs> it's funny. Then you're up. So I got around to watching this year's bit. Um, oh, mm-hmm. nice. So I think most, um, has everybody seen this one already? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yes. I believe so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm playing catch up. Uh, so yeah, most people know this one already at this point. It's you've got, how do they describe it? It's a, a transgender girl goes to California and falls in with feminist vampires, I think is how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, I don't want to talk too much about this one, but um, it's definitely a film that seems to knowingly uh, knowingly kind of play upon some academic gender theory <laughs> with like the monstrous feminine and things like that. Uh, themes of power, um, who can handle it, who can't. And I kind of like the message of power at the end. I thought that was pretty fitting. Um, there are some definitely, um, some playful scenes, uh, at one point, uh, the main character is being, um, she's kind of being, they're giving her the background of why there's a certain rule of why you can't make men into vampires. And when they talk about the vampire master, it starts playing the disco song Rasputin. Um, and I thought that was pretty hilarious. I love uh, that scene. <laughs> that, I think that was probably the best scene in the movie, honestly, uh, when they do that whole sequence. Um, they don't, uh, the main character's name, Laurel, um, they don't actually come out and say that Laurel is transgender. It's, it's definitely a part of the character and plot. I'm wondering why, mm-hmm. why they don't just come out and say it, but, um, you know, you can kind of see that, that, that sort of gender fluidity, um, kind of goes against the preconceived notions about men and women in the film. Um, but I gotta say, you know, I, I kind of wish I liked the movie better than I did. Uh, I wasn't sure how I was feeling for a good chunk of it. Uh, cause I think I, I was waiting for where the plot was going for so long. Um, 
You know, it, it, it kind of felt to me almost like a 90-minute pilot to a series rather than a standalone film. There's so much time spent establishing things, and mm-hmm. the end conflict comes very quickly and very late. Um, I kind of ex- it, it kind of felt like you know like a ninety minute pilot, and then you wait for okay the next the next episode is going to be forty five minutes, and there's going to be a new conflict or something like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, and yeah, Nicole Maines as an actress didn't really connect with me. Uh, she seemed kind of more bored <laughs> and frustrated a lot of the time than uh, really connecting with me. I, I, that goes for a lot of the acting, honestly, for me. That's mm-hmm. uh, they didn't really blow me away. Um, I enjoyed the film overall. I don't think I liked it quite as many, much as a lot of other people did, um, but I, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, I think uh, Tammy and I both liked it a lot. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know Heather did, too. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. It reminded me, though, of a Hulu film. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed yeah. very, very similar. Um, I just enjoyed the fact that they used and they identified different sexual orientations and that they had women in an empowerment role. I actually didn't catch on to the transgender thing at all. So that's a really good insight. Um, yeah, I just, I thought it was an interesting take on the vampire genre. It wasn't anything super like new and out there, but I did enjoy it. And I, and I thought it was a very appropriate 2019 film. Like it is very much 2019 <laughs> yep. and that's okay. You know, you need films that people of that, of this generation can relate to. And I think that that's what this film's going to be. True that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much right there with you, Vin. Like, I enjoyed it well enough, but I was uh, not sure how I felt about it. But then once Heather told me, she's like, it's kind of like one of those Into the Dark movies on Hulu. I'm going, you know what? That clicks with me, and that makes okay. That makes more sense to me. And I and I watched it, treating it like that for the rest of the movie, and enjoyed it. I'm just wondering if you can you guys extrapolate on what you mean by that with the. Like, Have you seen a lot of Hulu Into the Dark? I've seen quite a few of them, but I, I'm trying to pinpoint what exactly, you know, I mean, I, I think there's, I, I can kind of see it with certain production quality. And what I, when I consider Hulu Into the Darks, they're very much bubblegum horror. Mm-hmm. They're easy to consume. They're there, the plot lines are very basic. Um, you're not looking at really deep character development yeah. in any of them. What I would call popcorn. Yeah, they're easy to sit. So if <laughs> yeah. you have a average horror fan, or I think they're kind of geared towards more of a teen audience or a pop culture horror fan, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I would use to introduce them to it. So like, they're good enough that they're enjoyable to sit through, but not that you're going to remember it years down the road and be right, like, exactly. man, what a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Better go back and rewatch it. It's I still starter, 90 minutes, but you're going to forget horror. about it. It's starter yeah. horror for people of this generation. And I think that that's important, right? It's like how we had our starter horror films. Like for me, mm-hmm. it was, I know what you did last summer, right? Like really, no one's going to look back on that film and be like, oh man, groundbreaking. Really, if we like pick it apart, right? So that's kind of what I mean by Hulu Into the Dark. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, pretty much what Heather said, because, yeah, she, she sums that up good. <laughs> Thanks, what she said. <laughs> All right. I, I would actually buy that movie. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. Yeah. It's a fun I, movie. To I want to watch it again, just to make sure I liked it as much as I, I said I did. <laughs> you know, sometimes the, <laughs> the second watch goes up a little bit or goes down a little bit. But I would, I'd probably buy a nice Blu-ray of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I like the I like the poster. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the poster is great. Yeah. All right. I got another one, guys. Now, this one, I don't even know if it's out yet. I got a screener for this bad boy. And I, let me look. I want to see if it even is out yet. 
uh, if it is not out yet, it will be out shortly. Usually when I get a screener, it means that it's coming out in like a week or two. Trust me, I don't get anything like six months early, dagnabbit. Um, it's, this is called Alive. Um, there's a lot of movies called Alive. So you need to make sure that you're watching the right one. This one actually was, was made last year, uh, but it's just coming out here this year. June really 20th, June 29th it's supposed to have come out. So I'm not sure where 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 it can be. I uh, think I'm looking at an, it on Prime right now. Is it's it only an, like 66 minutes? No, no, no. It's an hour and 31 minutes. Okay, then that's not the one. Yeah, no. Uh this is another really good indie low budget movie. What happens is you get this man and this woman who wake up in this abandoned warehouse and they're strapped down to these hospital beds and they're bloody and they have no memory of who they are or where they came from or how they got there. And there's this dude who he calls himself a doctor and he does horrible things to them. <laughs> and he, and he tries to get them to, uh, to, I guess he's trying to get them to, to heal and to um, to get better, but he's he's very sadistic and he's very um, uh, just a, just a weird guy. And they they realize that something's wrong, uh, and they're trying to get away from this guy, but they're, they're they don't have enough strength. You know, they they've obviously this guy has been performing operations on them uh, and all kinds of weird stuff. They they finally break loose and they're in this big maze like this old abandoned warehouse and they stumble in this freezer full of like dead bodies and they realize like this guy's probably a serial killer and we got to get out of here and uh it's really really well done really really well acted and then there's a twist and the twist is is what makes it so uh i'm gonna say that this is one to really um, to seek out. It's called Alive. Uh, again, an hour and thirty-one minutes. It it uh, stars. I don't even know who these people are, but I will say this: Th- Thomas uh, Cockerell is his name. He's the male patient. They don't even have names. They don't give them names. Uh, male patient. He was really good, but the girl uh, to me is like a budding young star. She was really good. Camille Stoops. And uh, she's really good looking, but she's also a really, really good actress. So uh, as soon as you can pick this up and watch it, please do. It's called Alive. Yep. Nice. It's got some good gore in it, too. So, All right. Back up to Heather. Well, the next film that I'm going to talk about, and you may have talked about this, Mark Nader, already. Um, so if you have, I won't go into great detail. I've finished listening to your most recent Rotten Roundtable. Is Extracurricular? Yeah, that's from, from last year, right? Yeah, and we only got it in Canada this year. So okay. this was the first time I was able to see it. I know there was a couple different movies named Extracurricular. Is this about the kids? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yes. So I was able to get access to this movie this year, and wow. it. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect because I hadn't really heard anything about it. I just, I, I just kind of go through now, and I just go, okay, you know, has it been released in Canada? Could I have got it before this year? Nope. 
2020 watch for me and I play it. Um, and this movie, oh my goodness, like what a ride. It's based on these high school students that are engaged in some very um, detrimental activities and the character development in it, even though it isn't deep, it's enough that you are invested in all of them. It's a movie that is very gory. It moves very quickly. And the ending just left me angry, which was a good thing. Mm -hmm. I was angry because of my passion about how I felt, not at the movie, but at characters in the movie. So because other people have probably seen this, especially in the States, I will not, uh, you know, go too much on my soapbox about it. But if you haven't had a chance to watch this movie, it is like every 90s movie should have been mm -hmm. in 2019, having yeah. to do with teenagers and not being afraid to cross boundaries. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember enjoying this movie. Thought it was a good time. I think I think the one thing that you gotta do is is kind of um, set aside your uh, your belief system. You know, yeah, as to, you definitely like, have it, to forgive. Yeah, is this is this something that yes. that these kids could pull off? Is it you know? Um, but yeah, and the ending was like, oh, really, really. <laughs> yeah, that was a, certain such a dark things ending. that they do pull off where I'm like, yeah, I could see that. And yep. other things where I'm like, all right, this is for plot to continue the movie. So I will forgive it for the sake that this is just so gosh darn entertaining and going places that other films haven't had the courage to go that I appreciate it. So, it yeah. Reminded me a tad of um, the plot points, a little bit of um, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Behind yes. the mask. Yes, it did. Yes. Yeah, because yes. you you see what's happening, how they're pulling some things off, and and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, w I wonder why you don't get stuff. Yeah, what is their purpose for holding that back for a year? I don't for know. Canada. Doesn't there's a lot there's movies though that i've gotten that scott hasn't been able to see so yeah. i think it just happens on how things are released and usually what i do is if i look at and it was released in the u.s under a film festival and i wouldn't have had access to it i still count it as a 2020 if it was yep. released on media where i was able to access it um so yeah, I don't know really why that is. Like we don't have access to Hulu here, nor can I get Crackle. Mm -hmm. But I would have to change my VPN for that, which I'm not that skilled at. So you know, maybe one day when I get my IT skills better, I'm sure it's pretty <laughs> simple. Like I'm sure it's not that mm -hmm. difficult. I just haven't gone down that route. So yeah. it is what it is. All right. Yeah, but that, that's that's a good one. Tammy, did you ever see that? No. Yeah, you need to watch that. I yeah, think you would like it, that. Tammy. You would, it would yeah. be up your alley for sure. It, it's on Prime. It's on America. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yep. right. So give it a watch. I'm writing it down. All right. Mr. Scott. All right. Well, I think uh, I waited long enough to talk about my number one film of the year. Okay. Uh, oh. And that is one that I believe Mark Nato brought up quite a while ago on the Rotten Roundtable, but it just <laughs> came to shutter. And that is. Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. This movie was insane. <laughs> I, it is 
Uh, just in case people don't remember, it's basically about these par- fake paranormal investigators that are just trying to be popular on YouTube. So they're like taking these odd jobs and just kind of faking the ghost stuff. And mm-hmm. they get a call to a high school where uh, someone accidentally summoned Bloody Mary or what is known as the Cotton Girl. And they, uh, the principal and all of them don't even believe that it's real. They're just like, yeah, we're hiring you because the students know about you and like think you'd be good at it. So just fake it while you're here and we'll call it good. And then, of course, the real Bloody Mary is actually there. And, oh, man, this, like, the, the title is so dumb and generic. But, mm-hmm. man, I did not expect what I walked into with this film. Like, I I remember hearing you talk about it. And I'm like, all right, I got to check it out. But, mm-hmm. wow. The violence, the comedy, like, this reminded me of Evil Dead and Deathgasm having a baby. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is, like, so over the top with its gore, and, like, its comedy, like, just lands perfectly with my sense of humor. Um, There's, like, just weird things that are constantly going on that remind me of, like, something you would see in Ash vs. the Evil Dead TV series. Mm -hmm. Like dancing baby fetuses and <laughs> yep. it's oh it's just over the top and it is one hell of a blast and it's a brazilian horror film and i'm not even gonna try to pronounce that title because that title is really long in brazilian yeah. or in portuguese but man uh if you have shutter check this out i as soon as i finished watching this i'm going yep this is my number one i it's, yep. it hits my like funny bone it hits my Gorehound love that I have, and it's a lot of practical effects too, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely, man. People are covered from head to toe in blood at the end of this movie. Yeah, it, it really, <laughs> you know, they they just pull out all the stops, and that's that's what I liked. And the third act really seals it. You know, they they really go there, and we have a a, a Brazilian listener, and uh, he he was talking to me on Facebook about this movie in that the bloody Mary is not the bloody Mary that we Americans think of like going to the bathroom and saying bloody Mary three times or whatever. And she appears to you. It's like, like you said, what, what did you say? The cotton? Yeah. The cotton, cotton girl. Yes. It's, it's, it's a whole urban legend in Brazil. So like that's, that was kind of lost on me. But, um, uh, other than that, Man, I loved how they were kind of mocking the Ghostbusters. Yeah, the Ghostbusters. Like they had the fake Ghostbuster uh, emblem yeah, and everything. With, with like the, with the triangle sign. What is that? The yield <laughs> sign or something? I don't know. Yeah, what they're it called is, the Ghoulbusters. Ghoulbusters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. If if you guys haven't seen it, it it's a it's a great time. It's a great time. Yeah, I would I would have paid to see this on the big screen. Oh, I would have, too. This is just an absolute blast. And once again, one that uh, is not on the Canadian shutter, which i it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Heather, Heather, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hook you up. You're a good person, Mark Nato. You're a good person. You I am. Because I, I bought this off of iTunes. So nice. I, this came out on iTunes uh several months ago and and I guess I guess uh, everyone started to give it good reviews and then Shutter said, "Oh, I guess we should put this on Shutter." So, um it's kind of weird like sometimes Shutter will do that. They'll pick up something that has already been out on iTunes and then sometimes 
like like right now, iTunes is uh, finally putting out stuff that's been on Shutter for six months. So I'm like, oh wow, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, sometimes uh, I scour iTunes all the time. Uh, there's there's a lot more on iTunes than people think. But yes, sir. Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. Tammy, you're up. Yes. All right. I'm returning to the present day 2019. This this will be quick. 47 meters down, uncaged. <coughs> Anybody seen it? <laughs> yeah. sure have. Come on now. That was fun. Yeah, I had a blast. Okay. Yes. I really like, I was looking for something to watch with the Landinator, and he likes anything with the shark in it. So I'm like, whatever. I sit down with my crochet, start to watch it. I also had a very good time with this thing. Um, the, some of the CGI was a little and I mean, it's not like huge on scares or anything, but mm-hmm. CGI especially at the end. Yeah, the plot follows this group of girls who scuba dive to a sunken Mayan city, which was the best part of the movie. Yeah, and probably would have been cool to see on a big screen. And they only get trapped down there by this group of like deep dwelling blind sharks. Yep. Who they have to escape from, and that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, while my, these two sisters bond over their experience. My favorite scene was when the the fish screamed underwater. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <Over> the jump scares. <laughs> the fish uh, screamed. A fish screams. Yeah, it, it's uh, pretty amazing. It's one of the jump rem- scares. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> that's too funny. Or but, when yeah. she like. She like accident that one girl like accidentally bumps into one of the statues and like knocks down the whole Mayan oh. city. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I know. Okay. The so history buff of me is just there. angry at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's only been there for thousands of years. Yeah. So <laughs> some ninety-pound chick can knock it over. Yep, exactly. Yeah. No, it's but, fun though. It's a good popcorn movie if you're just looking for something to watch. Totally. I, I actually thought it was better than the first one. I it was better than the, yeah. They're completely different kind of movies. Yep. And and I liked the first one, but this one was just like you said, just popcorn, fun. This this yep. is very similar to me, like to the shallows, you know, where it was mm-hmm. just more fun than you know, the first forty seven meters down was like very tense. Yes. But but it wasn't very fun. Like, you know, this this was uh, just no, I think this one thought it was gonna try to be tense, but it was no. It's, don't yeah. take it too seriously. Almost like unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> yes. But, yes. But good. Yes. But good. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Vin. I guess I'll stick with the water theme. Um, going with Aqua Slash. Oh, um, yes. Finally get around to seeing this one. Uh, like I guess it? not finally getting around because it's fairly new. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like parts of it. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> well, I... Here's the thing. Yeah, the, the last act is funny. I kind of wish that the first two acts were funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have this um, bunch of seniors who have just graduated, and they're going to spend, I guess, a night or two, I'm not exactly sure, at a, at this water park. Um, and you think, okay, this could be, like, you know, like, fun, like, you know, hilarious teenage antics that we're going to see. But instead, like, the first two acts is just people cheating on each other. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody is just cheating on each other, and that's pretty much what the plot consists of, um, which is kind of disappointing, I think. Uh, and we we hear a pretty awful cover of sunglasses at night. Um, <laughs> that I didn't I didn't need to have that in my ears uh, during this, 
but I don't is know. It, you know, isn't the isn't the water park like eighties themed? I th- I think their party is eighties themed. Yeah, something something's eighties themed, but yeah, I, I think yeah. that they're. I, I think that that's their. It, it's like their graduation theme or something like that. They were going to do a whole eighties thing, um, which which is fun. But I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have done more with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, once the third act hits, that that's what makes it worth seeing. Um, it's you know, of course, you, you know the, the blades inside, yeah. uh, inside the water slide, and um, you know, it, it's I kind of I I was expecting there to be a little bit more going on. Um, yeah. But you know, you get one girl just like standing in the water screaming in the blood yeah. for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it keeps coming back oh, to her. It's <laughs> it's the it's the longest scene. Yeah. Like it, it, like the whole third act is basically just one scene. Well, even like right at the end of that scene, at the end of all that sequence, right before it kind of goes to like you know months later, you see two of the characters just like sitting on the edge with their feet in the water, <laughs> and there's blood all <laughs> in the water and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, it's it's the third act is just ridiculous. So I mean, yeah. honestly, like the third act is like a little slasher film. The first two acts are are mostly kind of like tedious just infidelity uh but you know i I think it's it's worth seeing i'm not going to go back to it i'm not going to repeat view it uh but it's worth it's worth checking out once just for just for that third act i thought it was gonna be more of a slasher yeah because there were a couple they were kind of like off-screen kills at the beginning and and, in the first act and and but it never went anywhere like it wasn't yeah, uh, fleshed out. Well, it was it's also a short. Confusing. It's a short movie as well, too. It's right? kind of confusing but, because I wasn't sure if those early, if those kills in the beginning of the movie were supposed to be something that happened like years before. Mm-hmm. But then the way that it is, I'm. I actually don't know if it was actually supposed to take place the same night. They just showed it to us earlier. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's very. It's not very clear the way the film structures itself. Yeah, uh, where I don't is think it's available to watch. Uh, uh, this is one. Uh, this is another one. I I used Hoopla for this. Um, oh, okay. I talked about this, I think, I don't know, maybe ro- last Rotten Round Table, the one before that. Um, so if you don't know what Hoopla is, it's something that you can get through your library. Yeah, so libraries can subscribe to it. Yeah, and you can, I get seven rentals a month. So usually when I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I kind of use up my rentals first, and then I go to <laughs> my other streaming services. Um, mm-hmm. But that's where I got this one. Yeah, right. I'm I'm pretty sure this is on, uh, on iTunes. Okay, because yeah, I just looked on Prime and it's not there. No, it's not going to be on Prime, and it just it, well, just it was also on Hoopla. If people are looking for that, nice. What what was bit? Oh, bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We're. Uh, I'm going to give one, and then we're going to go one more time around. So anything else you got, you're going to throw it out there. Um, here's another very um, underseen film that. I believe has yet to come out. It's a Filipino film and they've been making some pretty decent films lately uh, in the Filipino world. Um, this one is called Sunod S U N O D. Anybody heard about this? The name no. actually sounds familiar. Like I think I've seen, maybe you talk about it. No, this is the first time I've, I've mentioned it uh, oh. at all. Did you say this one is going to be coming out? Yeah. Okay. Just look for it in the in the next month. Uh, it centers on a woman whose uh, daughter is very sick, and she's very desperate to find the cure uh, for her daughter's illness. And but she needs money for um, treatments and stuff, so she takes this job at a call center 
and there is a ghost that haunts her in the call center. It's very simple. Uh, and again, we've got a, a situation here where there's grief or where there's al- or already something that's really haunting her already. <laughs> and then she goes to uh, the call center to this job and she's haunted by a, a, a real ghost. And this film has a lot of good atmosphere to it. Uh, it's got good acting. Uh, it's got some good practical effects and, and a little bit of that CGI that that's actually um, just used to kind of touch up things. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I haven't heard anybody talking about it uh, at all. Um, but that's probably because it's, it's Filipino. I mean, we, we, we usually, when we think about foreign movies, we kind of focus on what Japanese or Asian, um, you know, but some of these smaller countries are starting to come out with more and more good movies. Uh, so, uh, you're going to have to read subtitles. It's in Tagalog, which is Filipino dialect, but. Uh, check it out when it comes out. S U N O D, Sunod. And we're back up to Heather and just lay it all out. Well, I'm only going to lay it out, out on two. Um, so I hear you say your wife likes reality TV. She does. So she may enjoy Dangerous Lies on Netflix because it's about as bad as a reality television show. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I uh, I referred to this on our podcast as the Hallmark Channel for horror. Okay. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a Hallmark movie with some horror. Oh, so boy. if you have someone in your life that you're like, gee, I really wish I could get them to watch anything that could be possibly maybe considered as somewhat trying to be a horror movie, you can watch Dangerous Lies on Netflix. I believe it's available in the United States and Canada. So that's for you, Mark Nato, especially. And then, if you have really good taste, you can watch Get In, which is a French film that is also on Netflix. OMG. Um, This would be a movie that you probably wouldn't have somebody watch if they like Dangerous Lies. No. Um, It's It's a little more nuanced. You know, it's a tad (laughs) more violent, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But wow, I, uh, with the exception of Jessica Forever, I am a very, very big fan of French films Mm -hmm. and films that come from Spain. Both of those, they just always hit it out of the park for me. Get In is a basic synopsis of a French family that seems to be fairly well off. Leaves for the summer, has their uh, housekeeper, nanny, whatever, stay in the house because her and her husband are out of work, out of luck, or her husband's out of uh, work, and this family comes back, and these people refuse to leave the house. And they go through legal methods to try to remove them, and that does not work, and that is when things take a turn for the worst. It obviously talks about classism. There's some discussion of... um, racial identity mm-hmm. and multiple identities in it as well. So it's very much a political film and there is some gory scenes in there that mm-hmm. even I at points had to kind of like look away a little bit because of some of the things that were happening to people, which yeah. means it's my number one film. Yeah. So um, I totally recommend checking this out. Mark Nato, you've obviously seen it. 
Yeah, I, I actually um, talked a little bit about it on uh, our last roundtable. Nice. And it's another one of those Netflix movies that's just hidden. Yep. It's just hidden. Yeah, and this um, is one that I didn't know about till Heather pointed it out to me. I'm like the future market. Yep, I, I didn't know <laughs> about are. it in, until <laughs> I... Um, <laughs> uh, I was reading about something on a on a website, reading about it on one of those horror websites, and or else I would have never, you know, because come on, the title "Get In." I mean, I just you know, it didn't didn't thrill just me. Sounds like the opposite of "Get Out." Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> and and honestly, you can watch up to about half of this movie and think this is not really horror. Yeah, but oh yeah, it's horror. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know the oh, third yeah. act. Third act of this bad boy goes goes full tilt. Yeah, just like blows out the speaker, basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I think we'll leave on a high note. I I recommend that movie. Watch it. You'll love it. Yes. I th- and it's great at covering uh, masculinity traits too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Scott. What you got left? All right, I'll bring up uh, three real quick. Uh, Two of them I watched today, and then one I regrettably watched a couple of days ago. Um, regrettably. <laughs> uh, the first one, I'll, go, I'll start off on a high note and then go with a low note, go the opposite of Heather. Um, so I watched one called Mine Nine on Netflix today that, once again, Heather recommended to me. And it's about these miners that are pretty much just doing their job under underground when um, they hit a vein of methane gas and... It explodes and traps them in the mine, and it's pretty much a hour and a half long movie of them like trying to survive trapped in this collapsed mine and uh, trying to find their way out of there. And it's very tense. Uh, had me on the edge of my seat because I'm very claustrophobic, and this really got to me. And it's one of those borderline horror films, but like I call this survival horror because yeah. you're just trying to survive in the elements, and like it it gets pretty uh, upsetting at times and uh, it's, has like a very sad note to it as well. Okay. Uh, but I highly recommend this one. It was really well done. Like uh, goes by quick and yeah, just very, very tense. Uh, has anybody seen that one? I have not. No. no. Nope. But it sounds good. Yep. I'll say once again, I have to thank Heather cause she keeps finding these gems for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, then the other one I watched, I know Mark Nato has seen this cause, uh, it was brought up on our f- podcast page recently and that was Carrion. Mm-hmm. Man, I, what I, could I have know, been? Yeah. I don't <laughs> know what the heck was going on throughout half this film. Like it was trying to be so high art, but it shoved its head so far up its own butt that I don't think it realized mm-hmm. where it was going. No, it's and, all style, no substance. Yeah, like wow. it was literally uh, like had a lot of really cool nightmarish visuals and some trippy scenes and it was filmed really well and the acting was pretty good. But the story was just not there. It was just so convoluted and confusing. I literally told Heather, I'm like, I watched this and after I finished it, I don't know what the heck I just seen. Hey, Scott, I've watched yeah. it twice in an effort to understand what the story's about. Oh no. No, because this this really is kind of up my alley that artsy, you know, it, it looks beautiful, it's got that nightmarish quality in some spots, but I just could not get what was happening. Yeah. And it's not a foreign film. 
<laughs> right. So, like, so uh, I'm, I, I don't know what the heck happened, you know, so. Yeah, it, it, I, not I everyone. wondering if they maybe had, like, some, like, symbolism that they were trying to add in to make it, like, fill out the story that way with the visuals, but I died. But- I couldn't get it. That would be neat, but you have to, uh, in order to have like things mean something like metaphorically, you have to understand what the story is that's laid out before you. And then you can understand the metaphor behind, but nothing like, uh, just like what, what's happening here. Yeah. 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 I'm it with was, you, man. It was so disappointing. Like, thankfully I kind of expected this when I read yours and my friend Craig's uh, thoughts on the movie, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, I'll have to pay really close attention. Maybe see if I can understand something. And nope, it it just, I have mm-hmm. no idea what happened. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then the last one I'll talk about was the one that I regret watching. And that was called The Girl in the Crawl Space. I found this one on Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> should and she stay in the crawl space? The, she should stay in the crawl space and then bury this movie 12 feet deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh like it's about this they call it the crawl space killer who terrorizes a small indiana town that's the synopsis and it's the acting is so just bland and there it's like an hour and 20 minutes and felt almost like two hours with nothing happening the entire time mm-hmm. and it's about this uh woman that comes back to her old hometown like she's a therapist it comes back to her old hometown with her uh, boyfriend and while they're staying there she's uh pretty much just trying to be a therapist for this woman that escaped the crawl space killer and just trying to get her to like talk and like be able to talk to someone about this and like the dialogue in this is so poorly written it was like so exposition heavy like you can tell from when you're watching the movie that they're going back to their father's her father's house who had died to uh, stay at this place. And I don't know how many times in one conversation they bring up, oh, so why are you here? Oh, my father died. Oh, that's right. Your father died. That's why you're here. Oh, so it's just like, oh, why? It hurt my head. Just I I almost turned it off halfway through, but I was like, no, I'm going to finish it. I got to at least do that. And get a soldier through. Yeah. The best movies show. Don't tell. I mean, come on now. Yeah, exactly. And they they tell every little detail about this. And then the twist, you can see like a million miles away. It's just very bland and very, very, very forgettable. There you go. The girl in the crawl space. Tammy? Yes? Finish up. What you got? I got a couple of rewatches, and then I'm, I'm going to throw the kindling on the pile of crap. Oh, boy. Is anybody else? Wants to set it on fire. All right, the first one, I'm going back to 1962. These are all rewatches. <laughs> going back to 1960, the brain that wouldn't die. You know. you know what? At least I bring some variety to the show. <laughs> I'm just messing okay. with you. Anyway, Carnival of Souls. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Great movie. <laughs> okay, now I feel bad. <laughs> you should. I hope you can live with yourself. In some off chance, and someone has missed this, this is uh, after a traumatic accident, a woman is drawn to a mysterious abandoned carnival. We'll leave it at that. Going back a little bit further for the second one, I watched The Blob, the original, 1958 with Steve McQueen. 
If anybody happened to have missed this, this is a gelatinous alien form, consumes everything in its path as it grows and grows, and it has a great song yeah. that goes with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the third one, my son, Landonator, who we must have bored because he left us a long time ago. This is 2016 Lights Out, in case anybody missed this. Um, this I watched, I saw, went and saw this when it came out. So this was my second rewatch, and it's okay. Um, the story about Rebecca, who must unlock the terror behind her little brother's experiences that she also experienced as a child, bringing her face-to-face with the supernatural spirit attached to her mother. But I really like Teresa Palmer, the girl mm-hmm. who plays Rebecca in the movie. I really like her. Okay, and I'm, I'm, this will be controversial, but on the pile of crap... I am throwing. I only made it 40 minutes in before I had to beg for mercy. 2019, Knives Out. What? Yep. (laughs) Knives Out was great. Oh, that movie was fantastic. No. No. It was great. It was great, but it's not not a horror, so if you were going in expecting that, I mean, I went in expecting like a uh, Agatha Christie type Yes, you know. that actually, that is what I thought I was getting, and I got nothing but. What are you abuse. talking about? <laughs> you you gave up too early. Forty minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a slow burn. I will side with Tammy a little bit on this one. It's a long movie, Tammy, and I sat through it because I had heard about how good it was, but it was hard to get through the first hour, and it it, it does drag at parts, but it the payoff throughout the movie makes sense as to why the beginning was the way it was. So okay, if you well, get a chance to get through it, like, I don't know, coffee, I don't know what you need. Um, <laughs> because it, I hear you though. I get it. I get why you at felt 40 right. minutes. Landon and I both just looked at each other. Like, can we just please end this? Yes. Let's watch something else. Now to juxtapose that last night, we watched the help, which is two and a half hours long, and I didn't even notice the time passing. Yeah, different different so movie though. How that's yeah. filmed. I I hear you though. I I felt the same way during Knives Out, and I probably wouldn't have stuck with it if it wasn't how revered it had been, oh. and it got better for me as it went out. I loved like, it. Like that first thirty minutes where they're all getting interviewed. Oh, I love that. Oh I did, yeah, I did enjoy that. Name? I felt Daniel, that. Daniel 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 Craig. The- I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to put knives in my eyes. You didn't <laughs> like Benoit Blanc? Yeah, you're funny, Tammy. Knives in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like Tammy his accent? Screw you. I didn't like anything. I, no, I didn't <laughs> like anyone or anything that in uh, that movie. I loved trying to figure out, like, you know, who killed him, what was going on. There were so many red herrings. Yeah, the, the whole murder murder mystery plot was great. It kind of reminded me of a more serious clue. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate the original Clue. I hate that movie. Oh, oh my, oh my gosh. heart! My heart. Last finish. <laughs> I know, but I like like Murder on the Orient Express. I like that one. Um, the remake. Yeah, the remake. Now that one I hated. Blast! I hated the remake. <laughs> no, if she didn't like Clue, it makes a lot of sense why she didn't like Knives Out. Yeah, no, like that I makes didn't. sense to me why you didn't like those movies. No, and I don't I, mind. I like them I don't a lot, but I understand. I like. I enjoy I, Clue a lot, but if you didn't enjoy Clue, then I can see why you didn't like. I don't. 
I don't understand how you can like the remake of Murder on the Orient Express and and not like Knives Out. I just I, I just like the remake so. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, it was going to be more like that and it yeah. just sucked balls. Yeah. Did you say <laughs> sucked balls? I did. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is the family show. Uh, you can edit that out, but that is just my true it's, personal. It's going to be like, it sucks my ooga. <laughs> That's right. Is, is Vin back yet? No. Oh, gosh. He probably had to go pee. Let's pretend we're him. No, Come up I am back oh, now. Oh, here he is. I'd have to pee. My doorbell rang. It was almost 11 o'clock at night. Who the hell? <laughs> you some guys, you uh, some guy it, ran out of you? gas, and uh, I'll tell you who it is. It's some dang antifish. Well, <laughs> that is a horror that's the starting movie right of a there, horror man. movie. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does the girl say? It's strange in in the strangers. Does she ask for somebody? Yeah. Is Susie there? Is Tammy home? Is Tamra here? Or whatever. Something like what? that. Yeah. Tammy there. What did Tamra. you say? Uh, no, he was just letting us know that like his wife was coming to get him, and that he wasn't creeping in our driveway. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh, boy! So he was telling to that you're live, and that there'll there'll be evidence <laughs> if if we hear any tomfoolery, yeah, <laughs> or any brouhaha. That's my favorite word, brouhaha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vin, finish up. Uh, I was just catching up on some of the major releases from earlier this year before everything closed down. Uh, I don't rush out to see anything, <laughs> so I'm late to the game on all this stuff. But uh, I saw one of Tammy's favorite films of the year, Underwater. Yeah. Um, oh, that thing is awesome, man. <laughs> I love that movie. It's great. <laughs> but I mean, this is, yeah, I'm not going to go through the plots of these, but I thought it was, it's a good, good popcorn horror film. Uh, high production value, good creature moments. Um, it's it was surprisingly straightforward <laughs> as a story, and it kind of felt like a video game sometimes. Um, you know, there's kind of a, an environmental lesson here. You've got you know mankind's greed for resources and you know unwanted consequences. It reminded me a lot in certain ways of the Fellowship of the Ring when they go through the mines of Moria. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, where the dwarves dug too deep. You know, and <laughs> yep. uh, you know have this. Ins- ancient evil comes out and um, there's even something kind of like a Gandalf moment, I think at the end, uh, right. (laughs) I kind of imagine this character screaming that, you know, at the end when she hits a button. Uh, So I don't know. It it felt very much like that at certain points. Um, I mean, anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Whenever you mention that scene, I have to act it out the entire time. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm not going to think a lot about it afterward, uh, but I enjoyed it while it lasted. I mean, it really is a pop. I think it was so much better than that. I don't understand. I don't know. There's, there's just not enough story going on. Uh, I mean, you, you're, you're just kind of seeing characters get picked off, but I don't think that there was, there wasn't a lot to chew on. Um, but it's, you know, if it was on TV, I'd watch it. I'm not gonna, you know, um, I thought I wouldn't. (laughs) uh and the last one i saw finally another elizabeth moss movie i finally saw the invisible man Mm -hmm. uh i was you know again great performance from her Uh, i was really impressed with this one um i like how this one really it finds ways to really exploit what an an invisible man can do Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think about the original invisible man which is a classic james whale film i love that film but 
you know, the Invisible Man, he's like, he's like, you know, uh, changing train tracks and derailing trains. <laughs> like, you don't have to be invisible to do that. Like, he's just doing stuff like being an a-hole. You know, he, he can just be visible doing. Um, but this one, they really play with the idea of somebody, you know, the invisibility and what they could get away with. And um, I really like that. Uh, I like the, the trauma of a, kind of a controlling relationship. Um, the kind of gaslighting of the character. Um, and I like how she goes from having kind of a certain normalcy returned. And she even has like this amazing financial security thrown at her. And then everything gets taken away from her and mm-hmm. unravels while she's, you know, nobody's believing her. Th- those scenes were done great. Um, what, how'd you like that restaurant scene? Uh, I, I mean, I kind of oh, saw man. it coming. You saw it. Com- <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Yeah. That caught uh, me completely it, by surprise. I was sitting in the theater eating my popcorn. I was like, oh, <laughs> choking on my popcorn. Did that just happen? That That's one of the best, like, jump scares. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a great even, scene. It's not even necessarily a jump scare. It's just shocking. You know, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, like, she's screwed now moments. Yeah. Where you're just like, there's no way she can get out of this. And I love that shock. I thought the opening scene was great when she's trying to even just leave the house. How tense that is. Sleeping with the enemy. Um, yeah. Yep. And I mean, you know, once again, a, one of my favorite narrative types is the battle of wits. Um, mm-hmm. I love when they have to outsmart the person. And this is one of those. So, yeah, this is definitely one of the best of the year. Um, I had a great time with this one. This is when I definitely want to buy and watch again. Yep. Yeah. Is that all you got? Yes. Is that all you got, sucker? <laughs> all right. All right. So here I go. I'm going to, uh, I've got a few more things that I, I, I actually want to recommend. Um, I, I want to go on record and say Tammy was wrong <gasps> last, last Rotten Round Table. <laughs> I, I believe Scare Package is pretty funny. Has anyone else seen it? I've seen it, and it is funny. Tammy has got a misdemeanor. Scare package on Shutter. (laughs) You just got to know what you're getting into. But I was laughing out loud. I laughed at what? Oh my gosh! The scene, the scene in the in the vignette where where the the guy that something was going on. He 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 was infected with something. I love uh, that one. The people camping, and he's just melted. Stop that's the one like, that you like that I liked. Yeah. What was that, Heather? Yeah. Stop pretending that you like the movie. <laughs> now this is you where. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Uh, this is where uh, Heather brings up that I have no sense of humor because yeah, Zero. like I I'm kind of with Tammy. I didn't find it that funny except for the you, first. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I the first half of the film I thought was absolutely hilarious and then it just dropped down in quality for me like right after that third story. Yeah, I mean, definitely the the first three were, were better, but I don't think it was that big of a drop off. I really don't. Neither I, do I, think, I, Mark Nato. Yeah, I think I think it, it it delivers what it what it's set out. It's supposed to be over the top, like love letter to '80s kind of stuff. And I like how they did the wraparound in the video store. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to be in my top ten of the year. But it's definitely, if you like anthologies and you like to, you know, as a horror fan, make fun of yourself or make fun of the genre. Because there, let's face it, there's a lot to make fun of. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really it was really good. Yeah, um, that second story is like 
the highlight for me. I loved that one with the wood, the guy in the woods. That yes. one just, I was in tears laughing. Yeah. I could cool. not agree more. That is, that is my feeling exactly. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, one that just came out uh, this past week. It's called Driven. Hmm. Uh, anybody heard about this one? No. Uh, well, has anybody else besides me and Tammy gone on uh, Quibi? Nope. Oh, I have not yet. Okay, this the premise reminds me a little bit of um, the Stranger, which we've already talked oh, about on, on yeah, which is great. Um, if you don't know about Quibi, it's it's just um, uh, it's a an app for your phone. Uh, you can get it for free for like three months to try out, and it's uh, instead of there being like half hour episodes, it's it's. Anywhere from six to nine, excuse me, six to nine minute clips, like little vignettes. So, The Stranger is a is a a show that we were talking about. It stars uh, what's her name, Micah, Micah Monroe, and uh-huh. Dane DeHaan. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, Micah Monroe is like a Uber driver, and she picks up Dane DeHaan, who's who's a, who's a killer. He's a serial killer, so he terrorizes her all night. Um, if you don't have Quibi, watch it. You know, get it and watch Seriously, it. Seriously, watch it. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. actually downloading the app right now. Yeah. Um, and there's more. There's 50 States of Fright is on there. That's good. And then uh, before I even get into Driven, um, I, I mentioned Quibi, so I might as well just say this. There's another show that's on there. It's 10 episodes at about seven minutes uh, a, a pop. So it actually ends up being close to like a movie. Uh have you seen when the street lights go on, Tammy? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, watch it. It's on Quibi. Okay. Uh, basically, this this small town America is rocked by a murder uh, in the nineties of this couple, and it's it's about the investigation and so it, it it's like a a classic like kids on bikes type of cool. Cool. story. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's yeah. not necessarily horror. But mm-hmm. there's a mystery going on, uh, and you'll recognize some of the. I mean, Mark Duplass was in this. Um, oh wow! Which, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, he, he's not in it a ton, but he's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other uh, of the 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 um, the boy who played Mike in It, Chapter One and Two. You know the the actual kid Mike, uh, the African American boy. He's in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's actually really good when the street lights go on. Um, but Driven is about this uh, lady who is an Uber driver, or you know whatever it is. She's not Uber, but she's a, a a driver, and she picks up this guy, and he's like, "Okay, I need you to take me this place, this place, this place, and this place." And she's like, "Well, sir, I'm you know almost done my night. And, oh, you got to do it." And and so all this stuff starts to happen, and it ends up. <laughs> It kind of hits you out of nowhere. Like, oh, that's where this is going. He has a family curse where there's like a demon trying to kill him. And this demon can like swap bodies. Like it follows? Do what? Like it follows. Mm -mm, I mean, I I guess sort of like that, but you know, they, he can just, he can body jump and be in anybody and then he Mm -hmm. can come after him. So you never know who the demon is, you know? Um, and and 
it's more of like a thriller. And yes, there's, I mean, that's that's a, a supernatural, um, you know, uh, premise there. But I would call it more of like a thriller than a straight out horror. But it was it was fun. It was a good it was a good watch called Driven. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say this is my low budget gem of the year. Now when I talked about Silhouette, uh, uh, that that is obviously a bigger budget than this movie. This movie looks like it cost about. I don't know, $10,000 to make. And usually that absolutely takes me out of it. Like if the movie doesn't look great, like cinematography wise and lighting, it it just really throws me off and I can't, I can't deal with it. But this, this is a movie and even the, the poster looks like crap. It would not pass the Dave Z method. Uh, it, It sounds stupid, it's called Demon Eye. Has anybody heard about this? No. Demon Eye. This is a really, really low-budget Brit, British horror. And uh, it, it's about this girl who, um, and, and by the way, this is another pick for somebody who is going to break out. Uh, this girl's name is uh, Ellie. I don't know if it's. Golf or Goffy, G-O-F-F-E. But man, I, I looked at her, and she is like, if you if you can't get Florence Pugh in a movie, this is the girl you go to because she looks almost exactly like her. I mean, like really stunningly gorgeous. But um, she goes back to her father's country house in the Moors. Okay, you already got me with Moors. Following his mysterious death, and she finds a cursed amulet. You got me with amulet. Uh, It's connected to local witchcraft, and she unlocks two deadly demons who haunt her. That's what this is. It's just uh, about these demons that haunt her. It's kind of like a haunted house, you know, thing. Uh, It's got some really good scares uh even though it, it it doesn't have a big budget this is free on prime and i think she does a really good job uh in this film uh, again ellie goff play, plays Faye. so i just wanted to you know i, I don't want to always just go after the big budget stuff you know i want to give love to to some of these filmmakers who are out here like this has a 3.2 out of 10 on imdb it is nowhere near a 3.2. And that's why I decided to bring it up. I was like, I can't let that go. You know, that that's not what this movie is. Uh, so watch it on prime and, and let me know what you think. I mean, again, I don't think it's going to be in your top 10 of the year, but I think you probably will, um, not, not, uh, you know, be upset that you watched it. I think you'll probably enjoy it. So demon eye. I was just about to ask what it was again because yeah, I'm adding it right now. Yeah, d- dumb looking poster, dumb title, Demon Eye. I mean, it does have some significance in the movie, but um, yeah, I-, I don't know if I liked it so much because of the actress. Um, but she was really good, and man, she's, she's really, pretty. really pretty. I mean, she's even even the still pictures that you're seeing here. That's she looks better in the film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. Yep. 
you know, so I, I'm just going to say, give it a try. It's only an hour and 27 minutes. I will definitely add it to the list. All right. Well, I think that is about it. Oh, yeah. Here, here's three real quick pile of crap. Revenge <laughs> Ride. <laughs> the Luring. <laughs> and The Tent. Yes. Oh, All boy. three are What's the tent? Stinkers. It's What is it? Uh, it's it's about this uh, it's about these people that go out in a tent. I forget okay. what it's all about. It's been like a week <laughs> since I watched it, and it was just so forgettable that I can't even. Um, let me see if I'll, I'll bring it up here and see if it, it just refreshes. sounds like a title I would stop on and read the synopsis to oh, see what it, it was. It totally caught my the um, the picture the poster art caught my eye. Uh, it's an apocalyptic type movie. It says an apocalyptic event known as the crisis has devastated David's world, leaving him to rely on survival tactics learned from childhood. Isolated and alone, David has taken refuge in a tent on the edge of the wilderness. Soon enough, another survivor emerges, Mary, who immediately begins questioning David's tactics and ultimately putting them in the crosshairs of those who walk in darkness, unseen mm-hmm. creatures that may or may not be responsible for the crisis. Man, it sounds right up my alley. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was boring. <laughs> it was boring. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll give it another shot at the end of the year, but it's not, it's not something that needs to be on your list. So, all right. Well, I think we, uh, talked about a heck of a lot of movies. A lot of uh, recommends and and some uh, avoids. So, let's uh, let's get our plugs in. Uh, Heather and Scott, where can people find you and uh, plug that podcast? So yeah, you can. Uh, we are the Friday Nightmares podcast. Uh, you can check us out. We are uh, we are under the banner of Kill the Cast, who are who are on the Legion Podcast Network. So if you subscribe to Kill the Cast, our show will pop up in their feed. Uh, we just released episode 10 our first little milestone with our show uh on monday and we talk survival horror so it's surviving the elements and we give a wonderful guide on how uh, how to survive so because heather and i are total survivalists and you should like totally listen to what we say because we know what we're talking about yeah if you follow <laughs> my instagram you know for sure what it is survivalist i am <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we just recorded episode 11 where we're Still kind of in like the survival horror theme, and we're going with uh, the topic of zombies. Mm-hmm. And we also give our own little guide on how to survive, how we would survive the survive zombie survival. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is uh, pretty much the plugs. Oh, and you can also check us out on It's Not Horror, okay? With uh, it's me, Heather, uh, Android Virus, Neil Lemoy, also known as Nudie, and Mr. Venom himself. All right. Ben, uh, you can of course find me on the Horrorcast group page on Facebook. I'm Ben Horrorcast, and the blog is TheRevenantReview.com. And Taminator. Mm, same thing. Catch me on the Horrorcast group page, or as my own self, Taminator Tammy Turner. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, you can uh, contact me on Facebook at Mark Nato Lehue. Or our Horrorcast group page. You can email us at asktheHorrorcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the HCast or follow us on Instagram. Uh, it's the Horrorcast. 
So that is going to do it for episode 92 of the Rotten Roundtable. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Yeah, thank you again for having us on. Yeah. Uh, oh, happy Independence Day to you guys. And, and happy Canada you. Day to me. Yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> when, when is Canada Day? Tomorrow. When is the, tomorrow? Really? Yep, tomorrow. Happy Canada Day. Is Thank it really you. called just Canada Day? Yeah, yeah. It's called Canada Day. Very nice. It's, our, um, <laughs> it's, it's when our country in 1867 uh, was entered Confederation. I will, I will um, drink a Canada Dry. I appreciate that. I will eat some Canadian bacon in the morning. And will you have some maple syrup with and your And I pancakes? will have some maple. Yes, I will. Oh. <laughs> Art so Nato, will. you're the best. <laughs> and, and I will ride around on a moose tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Which could happen in Michigan. That sounds good, eh? That sounds good, eh? All right. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks for listening to the Horror Cast, where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Monster.